Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Fuel TV is back. It's back bigger and better. An all action sports television 24-7. Where you could watch moto, wakeboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding, and our favorite, surfing. Surfing! You can watch it on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and watch it from your iPhone, iPad, or on their website, plus.fuel.tv. Download it. Get it. Now. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Original. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Fuax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Ashland, hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. We got an, I always say epic, awesome, incredible guest every week. This time? This time it's true. It's fucking true. Yeah, we got a former top 10 pro surfer. Top five, bitch. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Hear that? I'm in multiple years. Yeah, one time. One one time. time. Okay. Lucky little. And uh, he's he's an industry veteran. Uh, He's worked for incredible brands like Oakley, Quicksilver, Billabong, Sanook, Flohos, you name it. And um, he's a local legend here in Laguna Beach. Welcome, Jeff Booth. Boothy. Boothy. And I think we've told people on the show before, but. 
Boothy is the guy that gave me, Lyndon, the nickname Chalky. And, and thank you for that. And why? And why is that? Because you're so incredibly good at surfing, like that one guy, Aki. I'm Chalky Aki. I'm just chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I was the Oakley rep, and we were hanging out with you. It was you and Hoggy in the store? We think we had surfed South Side or North Side, and you're all into Aki, and I'm like, dude, you're fucking chalky. You're the, you're the chocolate Aki, <laughs> bro. Like, that's it. So and good. It stuck. Like that was late '90s. That was late '90s, and it stuck. Twenty years. It's, it, it's, and I kind of love that name, so thank you yeah. very much. It's one. I've named you a lot of names, yeah. but that's that's the first one that. You, really you know stuck. what? I used to call him Dirt Clod. <laughs> so, I like but you didn't coin that one though. No. All I didn't right. say I did. I said before I like it. We, before we start talking about the nicknames and the here and nows, let's talk about how Mr. Jeff Booth started his love and dominance in surfing. Can I have another beer? <laughs> so, we get that born and raised in Laguna, right? Oh, Modelo's beautiful. Yes. Okay. So tell us, how did you get into surfing, Mr. Booth? Family, friends, parents, brothers, sisters. Um, well, jeez. <clears throat> I mean, I got on a skateboard. I got on a sugar grip skateboard when I was probably like six or seven. So Oak Street Surf Shop, guy Joe Epps, black guy with like frizzy hair, and he'd surf so much his hair would like blonde out. He was like the Jimi Hendrix of surfing. Huh. Guy was a legend. So that's where you went to get a wetsuit, surfboard. Oak Street Surf Shop. Oak Street Surf Shop, where Laguna Surf and Sport is today. Yeah. Okay. So it's Joe Epps. He had it forever. If you look in the old magazines, you'll see ads of Oak Street Surf Shop. Joe's super rad guy. So I skateboard, got going, psyched, and then that, that was the shop you just go hang out after yeah, school and all the boys, the like yeah, yeah. Sure. At six years old. Six, seven years old. Yeah. And uh, now, did your dad surf? Or? Yeah, and he was lifeguard. Um, he was one of the original, like, San Clemente lifeguards, and he was one of the original, he grew up in Whittier, so he was one of the original, like, like out-of-towners that got hired to be a lifeguard. Okay. And he was stationed at Monarch Beach. So you had, like, the Jones brothers that owned Salt Creek, and you had to, like, put the dollar in the little pail, and they would wheel it up, and then they'd get their money, and then they'd, the arm would come up, and you could go in and park and you access wow. salt creek that's how it was yeah and my dad was the lifeguard station there so i think in sacramento that was the northernmost outpost where lifeguards got stationed so he was at monarch and he actually held mike parsons in his arms and michael's little baby because the family the parsons family grew up in three arch bay which is the next bay over huh. to the north classic yeah so he's a surfer uh, my mom used to surf and you know i just you know, you grow up in a beach community, you yeah. skateboard. The next logical step from skateboarding is to surf. And then, you know, the funny thing is my dad had a ton of surf magazines. So he has, like, the cover, the first cover with Jose Angel at Wyman. You know, so I used to just religiously go through the magazines and read them front to cover. The Bible. Front to cover. And, you know, I used to, like. Surf Bible. With the whole busting down the door generation with, like, MR and, and, and like, Sean Thompson and PT and, like rabbit and the whole deal and I'd, I'd like have these contests and I'd go through the magazines and I'd be like okay who gets the most photos in the magazine like wins like alright MR got five photos and rabbit got four and Dane got six and like okay this guy won you like I'd do all that shit you'd, so you'd cool. make up your own little game yeah just whatever 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. But I was fascinated and the only thing you had then was a magazine. Yeah. And you yeah. got it once a month, and it was six weeks behind anyways. But yeah. it was something. And I got kind of hooked, and I was into it. And then the main guy that was my influence as a young surfer was Mike Armstrong. So he was a guy that grew up in Laguna. He, he lives in Cayucas now. Has like an avocado farm. You know, like so. hundreds and hundreds of acres. But he was like, you know, in the, in the early to mid-70s, he was one of the main standouts at pipe nice like he was the, wow. the guy like going into the pipe masters from laguna beach lot, yeah a lot of times like he would be the informed surfer yeah. along with jerry and rory and all that stuff wow. mike armstrong mike armstrong okay. big guy like six two big lanky arms goofy footer too goofy footer okay but i remember i used to live in arch beach heights so some of the hills up here and i remember one summer my mom drove me down the hill and the waves are giant you could see it breaking from third reef second reef all the way in she just looks at me like don't go in the water today yeah sit and on the beach and watch so i like a little boogie board more boogie little boogie hanging out at the ice plant at brook street and i watched this guy surf brook street and he was fucking ripping and he just had like a cool style and yeah you know you know when you're seven eight years old you don't really but that you burns. don't see that far ahead of you and you don't recognize who's that who's this but this guy kept popping up on my radar and i see this guy just whoa whoa you know just just yeah. terrorizing but on a single fin though right single fin yeah but super graceful just super clean style and that was the impression then years later i realized like fuck that was mike armstrong you were watching mike armstrong surf brook street yeah you know and that would have been 76 77 somewhere around Sick. there because i was born in 69 so yeah it was 76 77 and like then for a dollar Actually, less than a dollar, you get a burger, fries, and a drink at Jack in the Box for like so 96 cents. So, like, my lunch money was a buck. Yeah. My mom's like, here's a dollar. Yeah. Don't go in the water. It's too big. That was, there it was. So, you know, you, you know how kids are. You're yeah. on the sidelines watching. Like, you know, I used to you're, talk. you're absorbing yeah. all, all, everything. Yeah. Who was your, like, crew then, back then? Like, who was your Rat Pack? Yeah. I had, a, your... I had a group of kids. Like, there's the, um, you go down the Thaley Street, there's that palapa there that's by Hans Hagen's house. <clears throat> that little palapa is where we hung out. So there's a guy named Mike McMurray, Blake Julian, um, I think it's Kit Colby. It was like four of us that we were the little rat pack. And yeah. We surfed out at Hakama. And then, like, when the Brook Street contest would happen, we'd all go together and we'd walk over to Brooks and put our boards on the ice plant. We were in the Menahuni division that was like 12 and under wait for our names to be called paddle Sick. out surf like that was the deal and then over time like i got pretty good and then you, you kind of when you're you know what happens it's like the tall poppy syndrome when you yeah. kind of rise above the rest of the crop yeah you kind of get 
brought the elders kind of take you under their wing. So you don't really hang out that same In a sense, and a lot of them went soccer and they went in different directions. And I was still hooked on surfing. Yeah. So like the elders, they were they had a car. We could go to Salt Creek. We'd go to Huntington. Yeah. Like EJ at Laguna Surfing Sport. I was in his VW Bug like in the early 80s when he first started surfing sport. And we're driving down to surf like Seaside. You know, and they're smoking joints in the front, and I'm like uh, chocolate milk and a fucking Abba Zabba in the back, getting contact high. Did you my little Stacy twin fin? Like, and your par- your parents were cool. They're like, dude, these guys are. We know who they are, and they're yeah, like, no, yeah, they just jump cool. in. By well, that time, I was like 13, so okay. it was cool. But like, that was life, you yeah. know. And and but along the way, you know, you get you kind of get the fire going. Yeah. And a lot of it was from watching, and it was from the magazines, and then eventually you're like, yeah. I want it. The movies. And then the first Brook Street contest I did, I, was, I, I won it. Sick. You, uh, mini like, Hoonie or yeah, Boys? Yeah, I was mini- on like a 5'6 Terry Martin single fin. Do you remember your first board? Oh, yeah. Was that it? Or no, no, that was my second that was- one. The first one was a, um, a Sydney Madden guy from Lucadia. He's also a guy that surfed pipe real well. He's a backsider. And uh, it, was a, it was a wing swallow 5'11 single fin. A lot of wings back then. Yeah, I know. I, I, I had one so too. So you could turn, right? Yeah. Because they were so flat and thick, they had you had to have that bite on the tail. Yep. Like, so he goes crazy. to hand me my board, and he, and he goes to hand it to me, and he pulls it back, and he goes, "Here's the deal, kid." He goes, "I want you to paddle as fast as you can and catch as many waves as you can." He's like, "Can you do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think so." And he goes, "All right, here it's yours." <laughs> so there it was, a fucking Superman S on my board. I uh, couldn't even get it under my arm. I had to put it on my hip. Classic. And then you know, so good. you got like a dime, and yeah. you use the fin. That's yeah. your little fin key. Yeah. When the waves are big, shoot the fin back. The waves are small, shoot it up. Yeah. And so there it was, sick. one board for everything. So incredible. Yeah. But that you, you kind of don't realize you you know that because the, the 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 people have told you like your 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 mentors like hey like you want to move this fin. The kids don't really understand that stuff anymore. Like the fins has come. They're Most set. people don't even like yeah. understand like how boards now they work. just change fins yeah yeah based <laughs> yeah. based on whose pro model fin you know template it is yeah, yeah exactly it's crazy no it's it's definitely <laughs> but i mean it's so much more versatile now with like you know when we had to travel on the tour with glass on fins it's like you didn't know when you open the bag if your fins are like all yeah. busted and broken oh. now it's like you could stick twice as many boards in a twice bag. as light it's twice as light. Like you don't have to pack it. It's just yeah. throw it in and go. Yeah. And it's so so. Go back to your childhood. Uh, Brooks was a Brooks Brook Street the first uh, contest you served. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you were like what? Thirteen years old? You said? No, I was like what is it? Ten. Ten oh, wow. or eleven. And you won that. I won it. Do you remember what you won? <sighs> Shit, I don't know. A little like trope, a goodie, little goodie bag. A little goodie bag. Yeah. Man. So and, sick. So when did, did you kind of start realizing? that you were a little bit more special than your grand friends as far as talent. And that might have been the first time, right? that first contest, we yeah. got a little feedback. And I was like, whoa, you know, I, I had a contest. And it's like, you know, there's something there to win. And yeah. wow, you know, like something to go for and strive for. And um, yeah, I was like, all right, cool. That's feedback. You yeah. know, it's like, it's not like you think you're better than these guys. Like, it you actually, know, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. a, a first, a second, you know, kind of, there it is. You yeah. won. Yeah. You were the top, top guy. So then I wanted to get into competition. And so that was on a single fin. And I think the next, right around that time. What, what was, uh, when you like, came home and told your mom and dad, 
Were they super psyched? Like well, my dad, he would have been on the beach because he would have been taking photos. So I think he probably <laughs> captured some of it. Nice. But, you know, I played soccer. I played baseball. That yeah, every, I mean, every kid yeah. kind of plays those collegiate or team yeah. sports and stuff because yeah. he doesn't want to play. I mean, everything's fun at that time, you yeah. know? But you got to start narrowing it down at, at, like, some point in your time. Yeah. But I've always been kind of more of a tinkerer, like, yeah. Like, you know, organized sports. It's like, this. you do this. Here's how you turn a double play. Here's how you do a two-for-one in soccer and blah, blah, you know, all that crap. Yeah. You know, with some freaking coach barking at you the whole time. But in surfing, it's like, you kind of have to figure shit out on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to have... All the execution is done by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because every wave's different. No one wave's the same. Yeah. You're on your own. You're on your own. Yeah. And, you know, you need elders. You need people that are really good that you can watch. Yeah. And then you kind of learn through, you know, the old term, you learn through osmosis. Yeah. To me, surfing, it's really true. Yeah. You, you, and if you hang out with really good surfers, you're going to get better yeah. naturally just by being around it. I think so. when I, similar experience of just surfing home and kind of your, you know, your lineup is wherever you could get to on bike or feet or, you know, a ride. But as soon as you're your able to, to hop in a car and go to, a, you know, for you, Salt Creek and open these other surf spots, which are way different ways from what you yeah. grew up on. That's when I think you really start to excel your, 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 yeah. um, your surfing ability. You expand your horizons. Is because sure. like, well, I yeah. got to change up like this, the way I surf this wave. And wow, it's super punchy or that one's super soft. And. I, I, I think you just need to have, you know, that kind of broader, like, spectrum. And, and yeah. once you started traveling, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Now, I grew up at reef breaks close to the beach. Yeah. And then to surf a beach break where it's crumbling like an ocean side. Oh. Or to surf a point break. You know, all these different things are, you know, surf offshore barrel spitting. You know, we don't get that kind of shit in Laguna. So, yeah, I mean, you realize, like, Ooh, I'm not super good in this area. All right, now I got to get better at it. And then yeah. you tinker and you work at it, and yeah, you know. So who was your uh, first like board sponsor, clothing sponsor, um, wetsuit sponsor? So I think after the Brook Street event, Doug Bunting was worked for Surfing Magazine. Nice. And he kind of like scoped me out, and then he then so Sean Stussy was uh, he was shaping for Russell Surfboards with Jeff Timponi and all the yeah. boys. And Stussy kind of came to Laguna, and he posted up in the canyon, and he started his own label. So then I got introduced to Stussy, so I was like so, 11 so years Sean old. So Sean Stussy was your first? Basically sponsor, yeah, board board sponsor. Wow. I still had to pay for my boards, but I mean, back then, <laughs> yeah. you, you bought a board, and you couldn't get a new board until you sold the old board to pay for the new one. Yeah. It's one of those, like a house kind yeah. of thing, you know? And then, obviously, your parents had to front the money, and you had to do chores and all that yeah. shit, but... So my first Stussy board was, it's like a blue grid deck, almost like graph paper. And it took the poor, the poor guy, this guy Jody, who was the air sprayer. You know, you had to tape it all off. You had to cut the like lines. checkers almost. Like, yeah, it was yeah. a disaster. And who then came I, up with it? I don't know. I wanted it for some reason. <laughs> the guy was like cursing me when, he, when they handed the board over to me. The guy's just sitting there So like, your, your first Stussy surfboard had an intricate... Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, almost killed the guy. Um, and then it had like green rails, had twin fin with foam, foam core fins from Greg Mungle. Nice, nice. And Stussy would like, you know, back then it was all about laminates. Stussy yeah. would have like these martini, rice martini rice paper laminates on the side of the fins. And then he had the little 
the Scantron thing, like, you know, when you go to the grocery store yeah. and you scan all your shit out, we don't want to sit in line. Yeah. So he was the first guy that was barcode? putting Scantron fake barcodes on the bottom of the board next to where the shaper assigns the board. So cool. Like, graphically, the way he packaged his boards, yeah. it was just, there are pieces of art. Yeah. Like, but they worked, you know? And yeah. So I, so I went from single fins, had two single fins, and then my third surfboard was a Stussy Twin. It was so, so then I surfed the contest at Salt Creek. It was like a, a NSSA saddleback, something, something. And I was in the under 13s, and I surfed against a guy named David Beecham. David Beecham. David I, Beecham, sounds, right? Newport kid. Yeah. Big, freaking gnarly guy. He was on like a, 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 like a laser zap single fin. <laughs> laser zap. Freaking gnarly. So, like, here's like David and Goliath. He's this big, fucking gnarly guy, and I'm like this little shithead blonde haired kid on a twin fin just boom 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 all over the place so i i won the contest and like so that was like another step yeah right and then the next step was like and like jericho poplar was um handing out the trophies and like so i got get the hug and the kids from jericho and That's i got the awesome. trophy and dave's sitting there with his arms crossed all pissed off like this is so shit where did he wow <laughs> yeah and i met eric diamond ED. on the beach at that contest and like ed's like so I might have been like 11 or 12. He's like 13 or 14. He's this big, blonde hair, big, giant smile. Like, I'm ED, and I'm like having to put my hand up to reach up to his yeah. hand to shake his hand. Yeah, he's data point, point, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 His dad, Daryl Diamond, him and Herbie started Astrodeck together. So. Okay. So then there's there's that next level of exposure yeah. Yeah. to bigger field, more people, bigger contest. So then they talked did, about. Did anybody, sorry to interrupt, but did anybody say like, "Hey, this NSSA is like a like a whole like season"? Or you just were you just, "Hey, this I'm going to do this." It was one a one off. Close. It was a one off, off event. But then to your point, yeah. someone was like, "Hey, you know, your kid's pretty good, and you know, we have this NSSA circuit, and yeah, you know, they go up to Santa Cruz and like San Luis Obispo, all the way down to San Diego. It's a little circuit. And you get on the team. Ian Karens and PT are the coaches. Yeah, blah blah blah. You know, Tom Kearns, the poster child. Bud Lamez, like yeah." cool deal so i mean this is like we're talking like 81 wow so then i was like all right cool you know and let's I tell my dad my you know, dad's yeah, kind yeah, of like, i want to follow like, in these guys footsteps you know like, yeah he's like what do you want to do kid you want to try this i'm like yeah you know let's, let's do it so i started the nssa season and i did that and then i made the national team damn next right thing the first year yeah first year i, I didn't do all that great but for whatever reason they thought they saw something in me and i think i did really good at the end of the season when our championship events and yeah so then you had to like you had to create a portfolio sick <laughs> create a fucking yeah yeah it's, right? it's a business yeah you're, you're so no, get on the team you had to present them in a portfolio and a reason why you should Gr be on the team Gr here's my grades here's my interests here's my hobbies yeah. here's i'm a i'm a yeah. good person here's about my family yeah. like but yeah. what was so cool about that is if you look at what Ian and PT were doing, they were the busting down the door generation that was trying to create pro surfing. Yeah. So they wanted to be buttoned up and they wanted process yeah. and they wanted like a polished. What's your act? Yeah. What do you bring to the table? Substance. Like, they want to create personalities yeah. and yeah. So they were in that initial phase of trying to create all that. So they wanted these surfers like, yeah, just because you're a good surfer, it's got to be more than that. Yeah, for sure. They you know. know. You got to be articulate. You have to have good grades. You have to be able to present a portfolio. You have to be able to have a conversation, look someone in the eye, 
all that stuff yeah. about being an ambassador because they've the been there and they've been challenged at all those they had to situations. build they're the pillars yeah. of pro surfing they had yeah. to build the foundation of how do you act how do you, you promote how quick. do you get a sponsor yeah. so and i don't think very many people know that in the world how instrumental pt peter townsend and ian carnes were oh my god for Surfing professional surfing you know? how lucky are we in california have two australians that yeah. made a mission to come to the united states and set up camp and help us yeah and if you look at it tom kern was the first Product. american that represented the nssa that went out there and kicked everyone's ass yeah and and before we were sepas yeah. like australians Sepos. did not yeah. like us yeah yeah and tom kern went out in stubbies and blew every like i watched yeah. the stubbies event yeah. i was on the nssa national team i'm selling t-shirts on the beach at yeah. lowers and if you won the stubbies event you got the wild card at lowers you got the wild card in the big stubbies event tom curran beat dave Barr, and and i watched it from the beach 12 so years old cool. wearing my little stubby shorts and that that was the sponsor of the nssa and then he went to Australia, he got fifth in the event, and the Australians were like, "Who's this California guy?" Like they didn't, they yeah. didn't respect Californians. They didn't yeah, respect for sure. any Americans. Yeah, right. They Tom Curran was the first one they respected. Yeah, and then that all of a sudden opened up everything for all American surfers to be able to like, all right, we're we're kind of accepted now yeah. because then it, the Australians were the establishment. Yeah. yeah, I mean they still are, you know, and for you, sure. know, you know the Brazilians have. You know, made this huge push. Yeah, Americans huge push, but the foundation really, it, it all comes PT. from Australia. So we're so lucky that Ian and PT came over to share their yeah. freaking way of. Well, they had doing a different shit. perception, and and you know, when you're not just young and naive here, they're like, look, you got to have discipline, and you got to like, you know, have strategy, and you got to yeah. have your shit together. Yeah, and this is, you know, you think you're killing it in your own little Laguna town, like. Yeah, there's a way bigger picture here, so yeah. I think they help kind of like yeah. open that up, yeah. you know. Because you see in the magazines, you think it's like celebrities. Anybody in the magazine at that age, you're like, dude, uh, these are fantasy guys. Like they're not real tangible. Like you don't get to see and meet. Yeah. When you have those guys coaching you, yeah, or in, involved in your upbringing, you're like, wait, oh I got gosh. these guys who've dominated the sport and and put so much into it are here to help it. You better pay attention. Yeah. Better so, <laughs> so you were talking about the resume, right? Yeah. I still have it. It's in the house. Sick. I'll, sh I'll show you. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so so what, good. what was that to present to get on the national team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So they look at everyone's, you know, all the applicants, and then they pick the team. And, like, Chris Billy was older than me, and he, he realistically, he probably, he deserved to be on the team. And for whatever reason, they picked me over him. And... To this, to this play. day, he's still got a little <laughs> bit of a bee in his bonnet about it. Like, I mean, we're, me and him are cool, but he's super. He's a super smart guy, great surfer. Yeah, he was rated higher than me. Like he should have made it, and for whatever reason, they selected me over him. And, and that was kind of a, it, it's a bummer. Like, you know, when you're that young and yeah. it's feedback and acceptance and those moments in life. Like, I got a little bit of a, a lift up, and he got a little bit of a conk down. Yeah. Um, and it was a bummer for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, you know, he was a little bit bummed. But he ended up getting on tour and surfing and did really well. Yeah. And he, you know, who's, great, great who's surfer. Who's older, Kevin or, or Chris? Kevin's older. Okay. And Chris is younger. But right. yeah, I mean, those guys are amazing. So surfers. you did the, the like, 
NSSA religiously like every year for a few years. Like yeah, I mean I did it all the way from '82 all the way to '87, and then uh, I decided to turn pro. I mean I did it for five, six seasons, and that was like, so you had the NSSA, but then you had the U.S. Championships, which was like kind of a collective from all of the, like WSA and yeah. Back then the U.S. Championships, I think it was either. Once a year, every two years. Yeah. It was the best of the ESA, WSA, NSSA, TSA or TGSA, Texas Surfing Association. So everyone came together. I think in 85, it was in Ventura or Oceanside or something like that. So you were like runner up as a junior in that, I think 84. Oh, you might be talking about the world titles. Was it world titles? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. So I didn't know if that was U.S. or or it like. Gets, yeah, it's so con- all I know so confusing because there's not it's really still confusing to this day. <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah. So there's you know like, you know, making the national teams huge and having that yeah. national title, but there was also like, U.S. championships. Yeah. And then there you know there wasn't and really there was a the world the world team. So back so back then the the the, the overarching organization was called the USSF and yep. that was based. In the east, on the east coast, they were very cozied up with the ESA, and there was a guy named Colin Couture. So they had the 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 license. They they were the governing body over amateur surfing mm-hmm. in the United States. So the the process was, um, you had like the U.S. trials. Yeah. So it was the best surfers from each organization. They surfed in the trials. If you did well, you got selected for the U.S. team. And then the U.S. team went and competed in the world titles against Australia and yeah. Japan and Brazil and, you know, you name it, whole deal. So I think it, it was 84, the 84 world titles, it was it was hosted in the, in the U.S. And so we had our, our qualifying stuff. And I, th- I think I was in, like, the trials. And I had a heat against, like, Todd Chesser. Yeah, I, yeah that's what it, it was wild like so i had there was some weird thing where i had a man-on-man death heat with todd chesser no way and he was hsa so hsa you know it's all the organizations yeah from all around our country and i beat todd and then i got into like the trials the main so i was in like a pre-trial thing and it was like i think i had a heat with dino and dino where like me and him crashed into each other he flew over my head and there was this one judge that wanted to call interference if he even looked at someone the wrong way. Parsons and those guys were like, oh, the judge, like telling the guy, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Like, you know, running air traffic control. And so then I, I had the heat against Todd, beat him. So then I got into the proper trials. And the trials were you surfed an event at um, Oceanside, an event at Ventura, an event at Huntington. And they took your cumulative points. Wow. And that got you onto the team. So they're basically mimicking how the world title event was going to be run because it was Oceanside, Ventura, yeah. Huntington. Yeah. Like. So we mimicked that. And uh, I did good in Oceanside. I was winning my heat in the like, semis. And I, if he won the heat, he went straight to the finals, like that one little thing where he skipped the repertoire. charge. Yeah. And I dropped in on somebody who was like 50 yards down the beach. But back then, the old rules were it doesn't matter if there's 50 feet of foam. If you drop it on a guy, you get interference. So I had won the heat, and I dropped in on a guy from Florida or something, and the guy was out of the heat, and I was like, screw it, I'm going to take off on this wave. And I got interference. So I ended up getting 10th, right? So in Ventura, I kind of stunk it up a little bit. So then in Huntington, I get to the finals, and then PT goes, 
you got to win the final if you want to make the team. And, and and back then it was you were surfing again. It was the juniors and the men's. It was it wasn't like two separate divisions. So here I am, this like 15 year old kid surfing against like the men, and I had to win the final to even have a chance to make the team. And then I won the final, and then got on the team. It was a Brad. So then damn I got right, the you won the final. Damn. Yeah, it was like like the way I the no way I, I PT, came right? so far from the back door. Yeah, and somehow just squiggled in, and I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was like yeah. Jersey heat surf. Yeah, opportunity go do all, it all on a Stussy. All on a Stussy. Yeah, How by, long did you ride by that time before? I was on thrusters. Yeah, so were. like I so I I went I was one of those last generations with like Richie Collins, Luke Egan, Sonny Garcia's that, that you know we went through singles twins thrusters. So nuts. Yeah. And then after that, you know, but yeah. you know a lot of us have that that pivot type yeah. base yeah. foundation surfing and then he went to twin fins where we were all over the place and then thruster yeah kind of yeah. controlled the blend the best, of the two. The best of both so, worlds, yeah. yeah. So do you think in 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 your honest opinion, that Stussy made really good boards. Oh, Sean made fantastic boards. Yeah. But it because it, it, it's kind of cool to talk about because most people know Stussy name for just clothing. fashion, yeah, clothing. No, Sean's art. a master craftsman board builder. Yeah, and on top of that, like the <laughs> funny thing about him is like he'll wear like 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 Converse shoes and like Dickies pants and like a woven shirt tucked in with a belt. And he'll put his mask on, he'll mow a blank, and he'll step out of the shaping room and not a fucking speck of foam on him. <laughs> like, it's, I've never seen, because most people are just, just covered. Yeah. Just fucking dust monkeys, right? Yeah. You know, like, it's like, dude, like, let's get the sprayer out and spray you down. That guy could step out of a shaping room, not a speck of foam on him. Just, that's he's this ballerina in that place. So. Just, that's, that's his trip, you know, but... He made really neat boards. They had a lot of um, like paneled V. So with paneled V, you have to tip them side to side. So you have to constantly be moving. In the entry? And turning. Or the back. Kind of almost through the All the way board. through. Yeah, hmm. a little subtle up front, but yeah. definitely as you got to the back, really, really, you know, exaggerated V. Yeah. So you had to move them side to side. And yeah. kind of similar, I think, like when Maurice Cole, I used to ride his reverse Vs yeah. in the early 90s when Tom Kern was in France. Connected so with Maurice and that whole reverse V thing yeah. because he had to tip it side yeah. to side so that your twin fin background of you got to move, move, move yeah. like a lure through the water. You can't just stand there and let the board go. Yeah. You got to drive it and make it go. You got to yeah. constantly be moving. But so they, those boards, and I think Maurice had like the, the white point moved up. It wasn't centered, you know. It was maybe slightly. White point was a little bit little forward little center. forward, little flatter nose entry, so yep. you could grip that V. Yep. And then it, it had the bullet off the off the tail with the like the the you know the concave. So yeah, you had a little up. bit of concave through the fins. So it'd and be almost, like yeah. really subtle, like to bury that like front rail, but then you yeah. put on the tail, and it was like yeah, because he's making boards for Hasegar, which yeah. is like blacks. There's yeah. a lot of grunt and power. A lot of you need that yeah. extra paddling. Oh yeah, I mean those were amazing days. You had Tom Curran running the fucking forest in France, and she's <laughs> freaking gnarly's on Maurice Cole boards yeah. with a little bear. You have Tom Curran in the heat and the gnarly thing. I know we're jumping ahead, but Tom Curran was like that guy was the master gamesman. Like, like oh fuck, I got Tom Curran in my heat. Like yeah, I'm in France. So how the how am I gonna beat this yeah. guy? Like yeah. this is a he, tall he order. You, he right? had you beat 
before probably like, most uh, people yeah. silent but deadly yeah. that guy huh I just, so you put your jersey on and you're getting ready and Hasegor is like 68 feet and you're like where's Tom where the fuck's Tom like oh cool is he not gonna show up like I'm gonna get a pass here next thing you know out of nowhere he comes paddling from 100 yards up the beach and he shows up they're like and then he's like game on like i'm gonna take you down motherfucker you little california punk like yeah. and he's on you like a rash you're just yeah. like like blitz creek like where did this come from but he was so subtle and he would trip people out so hard because you wouldn't see him he would be gone but he, but he knows yeah. exactly what's going on oh ninja. so there. Ninja. full ninja yeah oh, i was crazy and like you surf heats against him and like he would set a bar that was so high and you would catch a wave thinking, oh, I just got an eight five, and you get a six because it's relative to what he's doing. Yeah, and it would just be like, oh god, I'm yeah. done. Any other that was heat, an eight five. Any no other way. heat that was a six. <laughs> <laughs> any other heat that was an eight, and then not in that heat because Tom Curran's doing laybacks in the whitewater after he already did like four open face like crazy turns. Right, you know, so like. He's not giving up, and he gets to the. And there's all kinds of most, old footage. One of the most yeah. competitive surfers. I'm like ever. I'm all this guy's yeah. still doing like phone climbs and laybacks when you would want to kick out and get out the back. Yeah, you know, like the guys already got you comboed and rolled up. Just go to the bar. <laughs> Just go to the bar. You're done. All right, so go back. Okay. And your first board sponsor was Stussy. Stussy. Um, you had a long run with Quicksilver, right? But the national, so before that, national team kind of had their own sponsors, like, right? Yeah, you, so if you made the national yeah. team, you're, that was, you had to, like, OP relinquish your sponsors and be a part of the NSSA national yeah. team. So, like, I was on the national team, and I'm hanging out in Laguna, and Jeff Hackman comes down, you know, Mr. Sunset. Yeah. He's just, like, goes to the boys, like, goes to Corky and Spider Wills, who did, like, free rides. Like, hey, who's the hottest kid on, on the beach? And they're, oh, Booth, that Booth kid, go talk to him. So I'm, like, NSSA national team. I got my stubby shorts on, and then here's Jeff Hackman going, "Yeah, I'm a Quicksilver. We want to sponsor you." Sick. I'm like, "Oh, sorry, Mr. Hackman. Like, I'm a stubby." He's like, "No, thanks, Rob." <laughs> then he paddled out and surfed Oak Street, and everyone's like, "That's fucking Jeff Hackman," you know. And I'm just like, "Yeah, I just told him I can't ride for Quicksilver because I'm with stubbies." <laughs> oh my gosh! Twelve-year-old awesome. Grom, tell him nothing. Having no clue, like, yeah, just but just being honest. That's yeah. so that was epic. And it's to say, that's how it was. Yeah, you, know, was yeah, you wanted to be a part of the team. You know, it was like flat, you know, it was all red, you, white, you and blue. Were following and... the rules. Yeah. 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 But Hackman was going from town to town, being who he is, yeah. the absolute Marketing. legend. And he's signing kids up for Quicksilver. I want the, you know, and Quicksilver's deal was we want the hottest rats on every little beach. Yep. That's part of our marketing program. Yeah. You know, where do you think Volcom got it for? Dude, from, yeah. You know, they all, same, they all did, you know? Same, same deal. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I was going, I shut Jeff Hackman yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. So when did you start riding for Quicksilver? Oh, uh, that was like 86. Okay. Yeah. Soon after. Yeah, a couple years, like three or four years after, yeah. So you, you weren't pro yet then, right? No, I didn't turn pro till like '87. I was a senior in high school. I turned pro. Wow! In in, in that in that era, you know, I don't, you know, like obviously a while ago, but um, you turned pro either because you wanted to collect prize money or you were getting a contract, and most often it was because you wanted to get that prize money if you're doing like events. Yeah, so, yeah, because as an amateur, you, you couldn't, couldn't see prize money. Yeah. So if you surfed in a pro am event and got like fifth, yeah, and normally you get like six hundred bucks, you yeah. didn't get it. Yeah. 
But then the money got held with the USSF. Like they yeah. held the money. I think I had like tw- 12, 12 grand like held. <laughs> did they ever give it to you? I did. Yeah, you I got, got it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I did Wait, a couple. Late night one contest. No, I didn't win anything. <laughs> But uh, I did some bud tour or whatever in my, my junior year, and I was like, I made some money winning heats, you know, yeah, yeah, 100 yeah. bucks here, 50 bucks yeah. here, whatever, and then made a couple quarters or maybe even that semi. That shit adds up. And, it, I, you know, <laughs> and then the next year, I was like, man, I need, I got some money, and, but. It's like a little pension to start your career. And then, and then I, I was sponsored by Quicksilver, and they're like, they're signing me. This is like 92 when the economy was just. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you like 300 bucks. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. Sure. Where's my photo and sent us? <laughs> but it was, just, I mean, we talked to Richie and we, you know, who turned pro at 14, 15. 14, yeah. And yeah, his first contract <laughs> was with Alita. Because, yeah, it, yeah. But, yeah. but it was because of a prize money. They did that shop event and it was yeah. like they were going to get a thousand bucks a piece. It was like a, for, a team format. And he's like, mm-hmm. I guess I'm turning pro, you know? So, yeah, I, I know that was a factor back then, but well, Billabong, you, when they sponsor guys like you know, I was on tour with Luke Egan and Richie Collins and Sonny, they were all Billabong guys, and they'd all put them on like a base salary of like thirty six grand, so you yeah, get three grand a month. But the like all the incentives was like even a postage stamp photo in the magazine, getting a buck fifty. Yeah, you know, you get a cover, you get this, you win this contest, you get that. Even if we'll pay you an incentive all the way down to a ninth place finish. Because so like incentivized their incentives were like quadruple what their base was. So like if these guys like run rung the register and they like really crushed yeah. it, they're making six figures. Yeah. You know? But I thought that was a really cool way to incentivize people, like, hey look, we believe sure. in you, we love you. But you gotta work. But you gotta you gotta provide yeah, results. Because the better you do, the better it reflects on us as a brand. Did, did so, Billabong uh, US do that or Billabong Australia? That was that was Billabong US when Bob Hurley was running Billabong. Hmm. That's how they incentivize the guys. Because, you know, when you're on tour, yeah. everyone talks about contracts. And yeah. everyone well, talks about all their shit. <laughs> well, it, it, and, and I think it needs to go. I mean, it's, you don't have that photo in now. But, you know, to be able to, like, sponsor, you know, say the best kid in each state or maybe each county, you know, you're able to probably, like, you know, diverse your, you know, your portfolio a little bit for a brand. But if that guy doesn't perform... And you got three other heroes that are, you know, it's yeah. all, but you want the best kid in each town. It's, yeah. it's, it doesn't cost the companies very much, but what that's going to do in the local community is like, Oh, so-and-so, you know, it made it, it made being sponsored. So like, yeah. and it ties everything as it, a kid, it ties back to a surf shop always. and that brand's selling their product to that surf shop. Yeah. So the tie-ins makes total sense. Yeah. But yeah. the NSSA wanted you to like stay in school and finish high school yep. and like, yeah. you know, kind of, yep. you know, kind of, Hey, yeah. You know, so I went to a year of college. Before I went on tour, I went to a year of college. I surfed the Bud Tour. Yeah. And I used that year of college to, to live outside my home. Yeah. Eric Diamond and I were roommates in college. He was like a junior. Where'd you go? San Diego State. Okay. So I lived I lived at PB in the street called Zanzibar Court. And I was away from my Which parents. was rare for a surfer that was going to go. You knew yeah. you were going to go pro, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah. You just, like, I mean, I already was pro because I was... I announced myself was going pro, and I was already accepting prize money, and so I surfed a whole year on the PSA. I'm serving against like Mike Lambrizzi, yeah. Scott Daly, Mike Crickshank. Do, do you remember that video that I sent you? That little clip of uh, you talking on camera. Oh my god! So fucking awesome. Such a grom. Oh, but like I think so you were like 19. Like back then, it was like it was you were. It wasn't like you were brainwashed. 
but you're being groomed to be a professional. Yeah. yeah. Because at that time, everyone was trying to take surfing and like really, you know, try to elevate it to this thing where we're, we're on that level of a ball sport, you know, right. baseball, football, basketball. Yeah. And, you know, our, our culture has always been a subculture. For sure. And looked down upon. Mainstream media doesn't give us any this, any that. Yeah. So, there, you know, again, the, the, the founding fathers of surfing, Ian and PT, you know, MR, Sean, Rabbit, it was that, you know, they're, they're injecting that into this generation to yeah. be be good representatives, be able to speak well, yeah. talk about your sponsors, talk about yourself, like yeah. work yeah. on your image, have something to offer. So, you know, it's just little. I'll definitely put that on the. Goody two shoes, squeaky clean little. I'll definitely like, post, post that video yeah. on Instagram because, you know, at 19, you were. Because sh- even to this day, I've always thought of Jeff Booth as the thinking man surfer. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not the stinking man server. But the thinking, <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> you're like you're smart. You're eloquent. You're like professional. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you've done everything in the industry because you're smart. You know, and it's funny. Maybe lucky too. Lucky yeah. too. I mean, even the smart. Yeah, he even claimed he got lifted up a couple times. You know, it's not all on him. It's being right time, right place. No, I'm just kidding. But, no. But that 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 uh, PSAA at Malibu, they interviewed. Lambrizi and they interviewed you yeah. to talk about professional surfing. Yeah. And it was crazy how mature you sounded yeah. in that interview. No, and that came from NSSA. Yeah. And even PT. Yeah. Because they're like, hey, if, if, you know, PT, there's a classic. I was, when I was in Australia, staying in one of the Quicksilver guys' house, me and Kelly Slater, and we were at the Bells event. This guy, Norm, and there's an old surf magazine company that was kind of extinct so it wasn't like trans world or surfer world or whatever and i'm going through the magazine there's pt and pt loved david bowie but he's dressed like david bowie and like pt did brown oh god yeah brown like spandex bell bottoms with like so some froofy shirt tucked in his blonde hair and he's all style bandit out. and the quote was if you want to be like a rock star, you got to dress like one. <laughs> so good. I'm like, there's my coach. But the perception's reality. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. And those guys were the founding fathers of getting sponsors and figuring out, yeah. you know, like, you know, like any inventor figures out ways to solve problems. Their problems were how do we get enough money to go from point A to point B? Like, we're stuck in this country. How do we get enough money to go over here? Yeah. yeah. Like, that, so yeah, if you didn't there. win the event and you didn't have enough in the event, if you won it or got first or second, you they barely had enough money to get to the next yeah. place. Yeah. You had to figure out other ways. You had to be creative. So yeah. Yeah. those guys were problem solvers back then, really. For sure. And it's they were crazy because all those guys, sorry to no, cut sorry. you off, but they, were, they all shaped their own boards, too. That, that yeah. was a way to get from point A to point MR. Yeah. yeah. Simon Anderson. Yeah. yeah. And PT shaped his own boards too and i was like what you shape boards yeah it's like yeah that's how i you know made money to travel i'm yeah. like jim banks all those guys are you know, yeah. the best surfers in the world best board builders in the world yeah you know but i think in that era they they saw the surf culture blowing up as like a mainstream level but they weren't getting you know any so i think they were trying to raise that professionalism and that like look to be able to like whoa package it package and, it and yeah. be like yeah. you know what like we're doing this. They were the first marketeers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So they they were looking outside of this Quicksilver and Billabong and you know Rip Curl, a couple of these handful of companies, you know whatever, 
was back, you know, in that like day that were actually, you know, yeah. profitable companies. But well, it's, it's funny, like I when you look beer. back at the contest, how's the cooler? When you look back at the contest, I got reinforcements too. Who who were the sponsors, right? Yeah, Smirnoff, Coca Cola. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like car. You know, we need to we need to get those. Yeah, Renault, Renault, yeah. Renault. I don't forget. Yeah. Renault, Renault, yeah. Renault. So, <laughs> but but the so, show is not about PT yeah. Ian Carnes. No, but yeah, and you. I show's mean, about Jeff Booth. So when you graduated high school and you're doing the the, the PSAA at the time, which yeah. is also known as like the Bud Tour kind yeah. of for more more the well known name for that like decade that ran. But how did you transition into those pros events? If you were doing really well in the amateur. And now you jump into pro, like... My junior year, I was surfing PSAs. Yeah. I actually won one in Oceanside my junior year. Wow. My senior Damn. year, I was surfing more events. Yeah. You know, so I'm squaring off with, like, you know, Scott Daly and Mike Lambrizzi and Todd Martin and, you know, all these California guys. Yep. And, you know, so that was really good. It was really good training and sparring. And then my senior year... So, not to talk shit on those guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lennon likes to stir the pot as you say it. <laughs> what but, about those guys? <laughs> but when when you say those names and then you you think about how they surfed, you were way more like professional looking, and your style was so much better than a lot of those dudes. Not to take anything away from those guys, dude. We're gonna have to get all those guys on the podcast. You just ruined it. <laughs> well, <laughs> just Lam kidding. Breezy, gonna come after we, you. We bro. had Lab Breezy on, and, yeah, and he kidding. admitted himself like his style was erratic. And once he started videotaping, he smoothed it out and got better, and he won three years in a row. Yeah. But you know, um, I forget the guys you mentioned, but like, yeah, their their style of surfing. I mean, but Boothie, from early on, you you definitely had a style and, and flair that stood up and above the class. Right? Well, I, you know, I, I, I think it, yeah, but no, again, for sure. those guys didn't have Ian and PT. Yeah. Those guys, you know, when they grew up, it was in the 70s and surfing was really looked down upon. Like, you're a degenerate yeah. if you surf. You, you weren't held on a pedestal. And so that was kind of a bummer for that generation. Like I said, Tom Curran was, the, he was the golden child that was the spearhead that drove through and opened shit up for yeah, all of yeah, us. Yeah. Mike Parsons, Brad Gerlach, all Dino, Chris Frohoff, you know, Fletcher, all these people yeah. to follow into his vacuum. But he was the guy that opened it up. And, and Bud Lamez too. I mean, Bud was one of the original NSSA guys. Yeah. yeah. And then you know he was like a, I think uh, a couple years too late, right? Like yeah. Too early. And Pete too early. Have shown up yeah. earlier. Bud would have been more yeah. than yeah. But I mean, Bud, what, what a legend! Like you know, yeah. when I he rode was so for progressive Laguna Surf and Sport, you know, there was legends, and, and then obviously Laguna Surf and Sport is part of Huntington Surf and Sport. Yeah. And EJ came down and posted up shop. And then we got to scrimmage, you know, our, our Laguna Service Sport team would scrimmage against HSS. And Bud was like the main guy in the end there. It's like, fuck yeah, Bud. Bud hit a turn so hard he sprayed the people on the pier. Yeah. Like we, I believe that. Like Bud Mom has <laughs> sprayed some asshole on the pier. Like I, I swear to God, I believe that. Like I'm a little kid story. going, uh, yeah, no, that's the guy. He sprayed somebody on the pier. <laughs> 
It's I'm so, so great. stoked you brought that up. <laughs> so great. We didn't bring that up uh, in, in his interview, but that's yeah. that's a legendary. Like urban, good, yeah. That's an urban myth right there. Yeah, it, it, it was. Legend, but, right? <laughs> but, but that's when you when you talk shit and you prop your like your crew. Oh, like yeah. oh, you don't. Don't even go against these guys. Yeah. They're, they're already like dominating. He gets thirty second two brides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bud was gnarly. Oh, I was. I mean, I witnessed it firsthand as a Grom, and I mean, this time of year, North Side. They call it, you know, North Side Bull. You know, you get the South Side current, the stationary little VLAN wave, and he would be going upside down, blowing like Gabriel Medina, like fins out like coming down like sideways or backwards you know like one after the other like back then and and then popping airs on the white water that would come through the pier so that like white water close out he'd be popping like airs and it was like the craziest thing and another local uh stymie would he would switch foot so he was regular yeah but he would drop in goofy and and grab rail and in the barrel he'd switch back and come out i'd be like <laughs> You know, Who are these I'm guys? like, what? Yeah, You're like so, hiding behind the pilings, oh, tripping out as Grom. Oh no, they, they they wouldn't even let me serve the outside. They're like, you serve on the inside, Grom. But but like you know, we had that, and and just yeah. like you said, you know, giving you know, Bud that that homage, like dude, that oh, guy was, was yeah. gnarly. But like going back to that generation yeah. though, like when you were a young surfer surfing with that type of crew, like when I grew up surfing Laguna, I surfed Hakama, which is this shitty little break off the side of Thalia Street. And Thalia is primarily a right. It's got a little bit of a left. And, and I'm a goofy yeah, you guys are I was limited. only allowed to go left. Wow. Like, I was not allowed to go right. Lokes. And there was, like, gnarly localism. And, Here? Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. I'm some out-of-towner would come down the stairs. They just, if they didn't behave themselves, they got escorted up the stairs. Oh. But I think the problem with California is that our surfing and the culture was like, you're from Huntington. Yeah. You're from Newport, you're from Laguna, you're from Dana Point, you're from San Clemente. You don't, you, you hang out in your little fiefdom, yeah. and anyone comes into your world, you're like, well, fuck them. Yeah. Like, they're the enemy, right? Yeah. And does that breed progression? No. Probably not. No. You know, you look at the East Coast, if there's a hurricane going up and down the coast. You're chasing all of it. Those monkeys are freaking chasing that <laughs> swell all up and down the coast. They're staying at their buddies' houses, yeah. driving 12, you know, yeah. 12 hours, whatever yeah, it we're, takes we're, to harvest. We're, cha we're chasing the swell. Yeah. yeah. Australia has the same culture where if you go to a, any, any town that you go to that's a coastal town, there's a city hotel. And the city hotel is a place where you can get a meal where you can meet people you there's accommodation with a hotel yeah. you know and, and, the, and the dudes are at the bar and the gals are over there and hanging out in their little deal but it's a place of congregation and traveling surfers yeah. meet unite hey, where's the waves what are we doing what are we doing tomorrow let's surf. go here let's go there communal vibe yeah and then the next S surf level, hostel almost like you it know, is because their surfing is their yeah. main sport or you know kind of yeah. culture and then going to the magazines yeah. the one thing i picked up on as a young kid in magazines is like well there's this trip to north stradbrook island it's jason buttonshaw and it's damian hardman and it's mark richards and it's daryl parkinson joel parkinson's uncle and it's it's a it's a nuclear extended family there's a grom there's an heir apparent there's the world champion there's the legend yeah. all cruising together hanging out and, and the interaction 
on the download and you know, we talked about osmosis yeah in america like in our culture it here like it's like fuck you grom yeah i'm the guy and and fuck you out of towner it's my town yeah so like you, you compare the two and you wonder like we're in the dark ages compared to how progressive and dynamic they are yeah, yeah. right just yeah. like culture and how they get a grom under their wing yeah. and they beat them down but they bring them up and they show them the way yeah all the way through and that was the one thing. They would I, beat you down. Yeah, but I. <laughs> but but, I but love, that was part of yeah growing tough skin and growing up and being able yeah. to like yeah. you know hey the world's gonna be not so nice yeah we're here to it's good though give you a little I mean, wake up call it's funny some parts of that are good for your growth for sure good for your yeah. um, you know social upbringing not all of it yeah. but there's definitely yeah. like learning respect is paramount you know what i mean i think that's like an important part like not the you know the bully part of it or 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 that stuff but like the it's a tough love the tough love the camaraderie Mm -hmm. the the shit talking that turns into like bonding that's what yeah you know you get beat down but you get picked up at the same time like they're not gonna let you like get off the tracks they're gonna beat you down hard but they're gonna keep you on the tracks and keep you going like were were the nssa kind of you know going back just a little bit where that seemed like just to be a part of that national team was so you know like monumental as an amateur and stuff by the time it was like i became like a teenager it was still there they still try to push it but it wasn't as cool you wanted to be with your brand which you're going back to like everybody like Quicksilver or Billabong setting up a team like I got the best guys in all of all of the all the all the different all the different towns Jack Sparrow are you gonna fucking eat that beetle right now oh Linda's gonna eat a Japanese beetle right now if you give me money I'll eat it you are creepy don't do that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) a Japanese beetle just flew in and I caught it so but we would travel with like I wrote for Quicksilver you know as an amateur and a young kid and if I had to go to Santa Cruz, I would go hook up with the, the, the Quicksilver kid that was in Santa Cruz. Absolutely. I went to San Diego. I went down and hung out the kid, you know, that, because that was your new family, you know? Yes. So where like kind of the NSSA and that like national team was maybe kind of coming to the tail end of what that meant. It was like those companies kind of filled in on that on that zone. Like, hey, I want to go to Hawaii. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we got a couple guys over there. Like, you know, we're going to set you up with like you got to you know, call and try to make that connection and wherever, you know, so there, I feel like, you know, where the Australians like had that kind of more clubhouse and, and more generation, you know, the companies here kind of, it, it was more of a marketing and, and yeah. more of a yeah, company. Yeah, they kind of tried to create that. Yeah. To break the barriers down. Yeah. Cause you think about <clears throat> there's more East coast world champions <laughs> from America yeah. than there are West coast world champions. So it goes back to that whole theory of why. Yeah. Why? What a trip. It, yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. It really it's is. Deep it's, here. It's a culture. Totally. It's a cultural it issue. Is. In my in my opinion. Yeah. It's because we get rooted in our own little fiefdoms, and we just kind of put our elbows up and screw everyone. Yeah. Whereas the East Coast culture is a little bit more. Yeah. More like Australia, where it's up and down. Look at the yeah. Hobgoods. Look at Lee Sanderson. Look at Kelly Slater. So let's let's talk back about you turning to to pro. Right, um, you won. You were going to college, right? San Diego. Yeah, well, he was pro before. 
well, you got to graduate high school to get to college, right? Okay. Yes. Right? <laughs> That's the way some people do it. <laughs> GED? No, like, well, you know what we should go back to? We haven't touched on, though. Like, so, like, my big rival is David Eggers. Sick. Like, let's talk about David gnarly, Eggers. gnarly, gnarly. He guy. won everything. He won everything. He was a freaking competitive animal. But, like, that was a huge rivalry I had. You know, like 14, 15, 16. And by the time I was 16, David actually, he just turned pro and went for it. Like, he got the, the contract with Gotcha and went for it. But, like, yeah. like, me and him used to square off hardcore. But, you know, like, you had the NSSA season, you had the NSSA nationals, you had the USA champs. Like, yeah. me and him went at it hammer and tong. And, like, one of the USA champs in 85, and I'm still pissed off about this. I won. I won the juniors, and he won the boys because he was a little younger than me. They had a super heat, so like the winner of every division Sick. went up against each other. And I, I thought I smoked his ass in that super heat. I thought I won for sure. And he went and got these like little barrels, and somehow, you know, Squeaked. he won. Had half was, a point. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, but, but it, it was just funny though, like because David just, he just knew how to win. Like yeah. some guys. At an early age, girls just know how to, they're just competitive freaks and yeah. they know how to win. Yeah. And it was really frustrating for me because he normally got the better just of Just to me. let you know, Boothy, you're not talking to a, a guy that knows how to win. Whoa. <laughs> That's not very nice. Whoa. Just kidding. I got a couple of those under my belt. Just a couple. Bridesmaid? <laughs> always bridesmaid. <laughs> not always. No, sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Without, you That's know. all right. That's our jobs, you know. You guys can go. You want to surf over I'll, I'll three sit. foot. You guys can fight. No, yeah. so I'll David referee. Eggers. David yeah. Eggers. So anyways, but no, he was like, but, but we were cool because like in his, his dad, Jim and Patty, they're super nice people, yeah. had the motor home. They used to invite us in. Patty would make us eggs. It's like, they're just a rad, rad family. And David was like a, a child prodigy, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, he was being pushed. Um, he was pushing himself, but being pushed to go pro, so he ended up going pro early. And, and I remember, you know, watching that, and I'm going to college, and I'm watching him go pro. He signed a big contract with Gotcha, so he's with, like, Potts and Derek Ho and Brock Little and Shane Moran. Yeah. He's with that whole crew. Yeah. He's on tour, having a go at it. Like, and we, you know, and, you know, his surfing, it didn't translate to that next level. Yeah. Just straight up it didn't translate and you know Come so on. when you have a guy that's winning 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 and they go to this next level and there's an expectation there yeah. and they're getting their ass not i don't want to say ass handed to them but they're going through the school of hard knocks yeah, yeah. it's it's a hard hard deal so i i watched that Ugh. and then by the time i was ready to go pro david is basically already done out of, he's done out of the game it was like two or three years on tour and then he was done it's, it's sad because um but amazing surfer. Yeah, he's amazing, an amazing surfer. Amazing talent. But like you said, you know, it's it's like good support system he had, everything. But yeah, you know, just the pressure and not evolving and and just not know. ready for it. Yeah, right. You're yeah. not ready for prime time. But that right? was a huge thing for me. Yeah. And then and then one of the things for me was like, well, David, he used to kick my ass in all these contests. Like I very seldomly beat him. Yeah. If if he couldn't pull it off, 
Mm -hmm. How the fuck am I going to be able to pull it off if he went before me and didn't do it? Like, so you're kind of sitting there, you know, that's the only thing you have to gauge barometer. So I was a little bit apprehensive, like going on tour. You know, I finished my first year of college at San Diego State, surfed the PSAAs. I was sitting number two in the ratings behind Lambrizi. And it's like, all right, it's time to fl- get out was of Was that 87, 88? 87, 80, no, 80, 88. It was 88. I went on. And that was the year that the tour, they wanted to finish in Hawaii. Before then, it finished in Australia. So the first year in 88, Wait, it was a PSA half. PSA finished in Australia? No, the world tour. Oh, the world tour. World okay. tour. So when I went on the world tour, it was, a, it was an abbreviated season. So Damien Harbin won the world title in 87. And then the, the 88... Pardon. I think it was the 88 year. Um, you, know, you know, he won 87, 88, but it finished in Australia. That's right. And so then I finished college in May, and I went on tour. The first event was in Japan. So they were going to finish the year in Hawaii. So ever since then, the, the tour has been kind tour of the finished same schedule. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. So, like, I went on tour. I, I literally finished my finals in college, and I went home. Dropped all my shit off, packed my bags, and got on a plane and went to Japan. Nice. And it was a, a trial system back then, so you just pretty much could just show up to all the events and get in. How, like, yeah, back back then it was the trials was connected to the main event. So, yeah. so it wasn't a WQS nope. circuit. No, it wasn't separated yet. It was one big happy family. Yeah. So you and I, and so you'd I didn't surf have the any, trials, and if you yeah. pass through the trials, you'd go you to, get the, to the main event. So they, I didn't have any points. So I started my career on the tour was zero points yeah so i was low man on the totem so pole so i was first round all, i had to get through like four heats to try and get to the main event so talk about like how did you set yourself up to go do the tour because it, it's not you know, cheap you have to have money you have to have yeah. funding like what did you do well i mean when i was my for? senior year you know i'm getting ready to go pro and i have my nssa portfolio <laughs> You know, so I started talking to people. I talked to Quicksilver, talked to yeah. OP, talked to Catch It, talked to Gotcha. All, all the brands. All the brands. And I was kind of like a hot commodity. And I liked the Quicksilver deal because they had Japan, Australia, Brazil. Like they had a, a network mm-hmm. internationally. And it just made sense. Yeah. And like Tom, Tom Carroll was one of my heroes. I love Tom Carroll. Like, I'm not the same body type as him, but just his Power, approach, yeah, surfing, the way, yeah. you know, the guy's fucking G.I. Joe with a Kung Fu grip. He's gnarly. <laughs> like, come on, you know. Who doesn't like Tom Carroll, right? right. And, I, uh, I've been sorry to interject, but I've been watching a lot of flashback videos of Tom so Carroll. Sunset and yeah. Pipe and, like, even, like, France stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I've been, I've been trying fucking to... Fucking ripping i got to get a subscription to that... that surf video network yeah because and uh my my grom's 11 and i'm like you gotta go hit that lip and like you want to freaking break something you gotta go karate chop that you gotta go like freaking you can't just go up and eh. you gotta go up and you you can't tap the lip no you gotta you know and and going back to going back to tom carroll and you know Dan Kilejo and Aki and Sonny and you know, Power Surfing and, and yeah. Johnny Boy and you know Simon all these Anderson. guys, <laughs> yeah. And you just watch these guys are like whole new, you know, whether they're mature, you know, men or not. Yeah. Like you look at the way they okay. attack. Sorry, sorry. Go back. You had your portfolio. 
you like oh, the yeah. Quicksilver thing. So I like Quicksilver thing, so I signed with Quicksilver. Yeah. Right? What was the contract like? I don't know, it was like 30 grand a year or something. So I signed it in like May, my senior year. 87. 87. I graduated in 87. So I'm making more money than my fucking teachers. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, yeah 30 G's 30 back G's in the back day. That was mega. Yeah. So epic. And I think I uh, were you, were I signed you like... with Peak Wetsuits. Peak right? Wetsuits. So I was, I was Quicksilver, Peak Wetsuits, Stussy. Wow. Like that, and that was then I was sponsored by Laguna Surf and Sport. Yeah. It's like that was my trip. I had four sponsors and no know. no bubble bubble uh bubble, bubble gum, gum? Bubble gum no, or, no, or no, like track yeah, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> So that was my deal. And I was like, All right, cool, and I'm gonna turn pro and I'm gonna go to your college. So yeah. if I go on tour and I screw up Was that your parents or just you that or was kind me. of I wanted yeah, I wanted to no, I had some I graduated with four point Top ten of my class, like it yeah. did well. He's the smartest guy in this conversation, Lar. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I no, thought that's fine. I had really good girlfriends that were super smart that I could draft off of. Anyways, um, but the, 0, but listen the to idea, that. but the idea was, yeah, like go to college for a year, Get, surf the PSAA, go to that next level, right? See how it amateur works. kind of pro, semi pro. And then live live home, live out outside of home, and then go for the tour. And then if if you get if you get your ass handed to you, you go back next year as a sophomore in college. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then yeah. get on with your life. So was the idea. Did you have a coach or a mentor or anybody like telling you what to do, or you were just figuring this out yourself? It was kind of me and my dad, and um, yeah, there's a couple, a little bit of influence along the way, but yeah. we were just trying to figure it out. We didn't know there's yeah. managers, and there was a couple opportunities with managers like i remember pt introduced me to a potential manager and we didn't quite understand what what it was about it was such early days like before kelly slater you know had the he was like one of the first surfers to have a manager yeah for sure they watched the whole deal you didn't know like what what, what were these people going to help us with and just didn't quite understand it pay them 10 percent. yeah they're gonna take time what do they bring the table and whatever you know at the same time you're just you're so psyched to like be a pro and get yeah. on tour but you gotta have a, be a part of this big party and but you got the dream you got the ability but then you got a backup plan regardless yeah you know that like, was the deal that was the yeah. deal backup yeah. plan you know but i know i was i mean i was successful through the nssa thing with the nssa national titles and you know u.s champs and you know i surfed on the world team two times so in 84 i was got on the team and then i went up against damian hardman and he ended up winning the juniors, and I got second that year. Wow. Mark Sainsbury got third. Todd Hall got fourth. And then in, in in 1986, I made the team again. I surfed in the men's. I got runner-up mm. to Mark Sainsbury. So I had juniors. I got a se- I got a second. Men's. I got a second. Bridesmaid. See? <laughs> yeah. Right. See? We're in the well, same. Yeah. We're in the yeah. same boat over Fair here, enough. bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but anyways, like like. I had enough feedback at the time. So that was my junior year in high school. Yeah. I had enough feedback going, all right, that's you've been measured up against your peer group yeah. globally. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, All right, I think it's time to go pro. You know, so then after that world title in, in England in eighty six, it was like, Okay, you gotta start thinking about your future and going pro in the next couple of years and how that's gonna look like and go to college and all that crap. So yeah. Yeah, it was like 
and I didn't know there was no blueprint in front of me. We were just freaking winging it. I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. So, when you when you were plotting your uh, world tour, you know, attempt, you 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 had Stussy, right? Yep. And you you talked to Stussy about that. Yep. And he was like, dude, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, Stussy's you. all fired up. Yeah. yeah. And Quicksilver, who was the like team guy? It was Danny Quack. Oh, Quack. Okay. Yeah. And then Richard Wolcott. Nice. He became our team manager a, a little bit later in the game. And then obviously he went to do Volcom and all that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you have like your support group. and. But at that time, the, the PSAA had a domestic tour where you can make pretty decent money. Yeah. If you're making quarter semis finals, like, yeah. and. That allows you, you know, like there was a domestic tour. Yeah. Well, guys are getting paid like by sponsors, like two grand a month. And, yeah. You know, you add up all your sponsors, you're making like four grand a month. And then, you know, you look at your prize money and you make it 20 grand. So like, you're clearing 70 grand a year. But without There's having to no travel. incentive yeah. to travel. And that yeah. was almost to a degree a detriment for sure there's no there's no incentive like oh i'm killing it yeah why would i want to leave yeah, yeah. tour costs a lot of money <laughs> yeah that's that's where you know kind of american surfing kind of you know i i think kind of took a backseat yeah to good some, thing good thing bad thing like it PSAA was double a was too good of a thing it was too good of time. a thing yeah. um we need, to, we need to have somebody start that back up yeah oh yeah a sick domestic yeah. tour yeah okay so 88, you go on the world tour. If we're at 88 right now, how the fuck are we going to get to 2020, bro? <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're, we're at, hey, we're at no, 88. This is, a, this is what we're, we we're people want to know. Right people, now. Don't know <laughs> people don't want to hear like how many surf shops you went into while you worked for like Quicksilver or Billabong and how you... We're not going to talk about... No, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is where... This is what people wanted. This but is I'll, where, I'll tell you what, though, like talking about surf shops. Yeah. Like... Part of Quicksilver's deal, if you're a sponsored athlete, you had to donate two weeks a year of doing shop tours. Yeah. Wow. And like we went on shop tours like Ross Clark Jones and Kelly Slater and Tom Carroll and like, you know, we're we're in these bars like like pouring these like test tube drinks in like freaking Wrightsville Beach. <laughs> like like crazy shit. And like yeah. going through the territory like 10 years later people come up to me going i remember when you were running the bar you know underage and you know who knows what what the hell is going the on connection. behind the bar but like people remember that shit and yeah. like you go into a store and like grassroots you know, like connections like, come over here i want to show remember this photo of like when, when ross and tom and and, and Kelly, when Kelly still had hair, check this photo out. It's still up on the rafters with fucking it's... cobwebs on it. And like, like that's cool shit. That's yeah. cool shit. That's man. Awesome. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that stokes me out. Like, the like the impression yeah. that the brands and the team writers made on, on, on yeah. retailers. It's they culture. Carry heritage. Fuck, man. Yeah. All right. Can't so go back. Yeah. 88. So you go on the pro tour. Yep. How'd you do? Uh, first year, I got rookie of the year. I was just gonna Fuck say, me. like you did, you made some heats. Yeah, so rookie of the year. So See, back then, I was the gonna way... say rookie, that he beat me to it. I did some research. Yeah, bro. Uh... you did some research. Where's the question? So I finished thirty third, thirty third in the world, and that's pretty. I good. had to start from round one of every contest because I had no points. Yeah. So I had to get. See, so you, you get like you had to make four heats, and then you go up against this this four man heat 
where there's two guys that are For seated, seating. Yeah. right? So if you make that heat, then you go to the 33rd round, which is man on man. That's the back 16 guys. If you beat that guy, now you go seed. up against the top seed. You're going up against the current world champ. Oh. So like you get your, like, so you gotta like work, it's like a salmon going to the spawning grounds. Like, and every little level that you get, it gets harder and harder and harder. And by the time you get to the 17th round, you're fucking gassed. And now you're surfing against the current world champ and man on man with priority. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to surf. I don't know how to surf four man heat. I don't know how to surf man on man. So it was really dynamic in how you had to be able to adjust adjust your surfing and your yeah. strategy. You know, and that year, you know, I, I got a couple quarterfinals, Sick. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I of, made, of the whole contest. Yeah. Well, the whole season, you know, I got a couple of results. I got a third in the op pro that year yeah. and fifth and like the stubbies event at oceanside and so i finished 33rd rookie of the year blah blah did blah. you make the tour yeah for, it was top 33rd? 44 top 44 it was no no, no back then it wasn't even top 44 it, it was just you get to go back to the tour next year oh wow <laughs> but it, at that but, point but it gave you, you got you out it, of the trials into got me out of the trials okay, so okay. so then i was 33rd in the world so i wasn't i wasn't there's the top 16 yeah the back 16 i was that that four-man heat thing where there was like mm. two two people in the four-man heat and then the trialist that would come up but then a lot of cases i got seated in the 33rd round the next year so it's like a, it's like a stepping stone it's a yeah, process yeah. and you know they always talk about like how many years is it going to take you to make the top 16. like the yeah. first year it's a lot of headwinds you know yeah. 33rd so the next year 89 i finished 23rd sick so you know so i kind of 23rd in the yeah. world yeah okay and then in 1990, I finished. So, 18. sorry to go back again on oh you. Oh my God! What was guy. the first photo in the mag? And what magazine was it? Do you remember? Oh God! It's an important question, Laura. It, it was probably a surf shop ad. So, so surf shots, like you get the. We always used to call them the postage stamp things. Mm -hmm. So they had like the contest results at the back. I just, and then the, you get a little postage stamp, right? So I think that would have been the first time in like. It was a surfer explorer page. Yeah, I got some little page. black and white postage stamp. Yeah, right. It's an important question, Lauren. It's a big, I, it yeah, is. it's a big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then <laughs> the next <laughs> level up was if you got a color photo in in the magazine, yeah. like color shot yeah. editorial in the middle part of the magazine, not advertising, not contest results, right. but the middle part of the magazine. Like, editorial. If you get yeah. editorial, yeah, color photo, you were like the shit. Like yeah. that was big time. So back in the mag performing performers section where the, all the you know the explore stats. page was NSSA page right but, but yeah it, WSA yeah USA, but they had shit, all yeah. the like stats yeah you get the you know hey this guy won this event you know killing it yeah then you you know you it was like up. five months ago yeah like, <laughs> so, so bad so out of date it was ridiculous <laughs> what what was your you know going back to what was your first like big surf trip. Like that you went on with your parents or team sponsor or the Innesis, you know, was well, geez, I went on, I mean, I made the national team in what, September and then that December we went to the North Shore. Sick. Mm. Yeah. So like Stussy's like, all right. Your first trip to the, your North virgin Shore. trip. So, yeah, so, trip. so how old are you and what, yeah. what kind of board quiver like, do you bring? I'm like 13. Holy Damn. shit. And my normal board was like, a, um, five, two. <laughs> Five. Yeah, like five, two, five, three. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, my step up was a five, eight. Okay. And then I had like a six, oh, and then wow. I had a six, four. Holy. And, and that was like six, the... four was like a mega gun. Yeah. And then Stussy, maybe a quiver, was the bottoms were orange. 
right? And then they've wrapped up on the rail and the decks are white. And like, you know, when you surf Sunset, like you talk to any of the legends like Bruce Raymond and Jeff Hackman, they're always like, we didn't wear leashes back then. So you had a bright color board. So it's either red, orange, or yellow. So if you lost your board, you could see it in the channel and know where to swim, Sick. right? So That's it's kind of, kind of, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of off that deal. So I got yeah. my, I had orange, I had orange yeah. quiver. But I'm wearing a big, thick leash. <laughs> With a NSSA vest on, just full laminates. Yeah, just the full. triple triple NSSA was oh, God, NSSA, yeah, NSSA, 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 NSSA. were like fucking targets. It was terrible. But like that trip there, I remember I was surfing Rocky Point. Is that when you got into some first big surf? Well, like, no, Ian and PT made us paddle out. It, me and Todd Holland, where he's 12, I'm 13. They made us paddle out at sunset at 8 to 10 feet. Oh, my god. And we're gosh. like crying. Me and him are crying paddling out. I can't believe it. Because it's like, it was, what's worse, paddling out or sitting on the beach getting ridiculed? So we fucking paddled out. You know, oh, it's a like giant. You know, sunset's an intimidating <laughs> way. So water. we're on the inside bowl and, you know. Like, you're, you're, you're less spec out yeah, the back. Doug Silva's on the team and, like, he took off on it like a 12-foot face on the inside bowl. And, like, you know, he got laid out and splatted. And we were just like, fuck. Like, we thought he was going to die. Like, like, that kind of shit, right? And I remember, like, you know, the North Shore movie, like, oh, it's bigger waves in a bathtub. And I remember this one wave popped up and I paddled for it, stood up. And I, I, I paddled into it, stood up, and it never fucking broke, but I caught the wave. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm surfing sunset, baby. <laughs> like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's just absolute joke and know, disappointment. But it was like, again, you talk about your world yeah. and, and, and getting access to cars to go to lowers yeah. and go to Huntington. Like now, all of a sudden, you're at Sunset Beach, Hawaii. Thirteen years it's old. Such <laughs> another level. Like it's at that age back then. Yeah. You know, you got John John, ten years old, riding six foot pipe recently. You know, in his evolution. But back then, that was ridiculous. Be a thirteen year old kid out at Sunset. Absolutely. You yeah. Know. You come home and you're like, this like ain't big. Peter, yeah. This isn't powerful. You got Peter Cole <laughs> out the back, and you got you know Derek Dorner is like the head lifeguard. Like you know, it's like. Yeah, just crazy. You know, Bobby Owens. I'd know. watch Bobby and the Derek and these guys paddle out, and when I, you know, I was a grom, like, and they'd have no leashes on, and it's freaking bombing, and they yeah. paddle out, uh -huh. and then they ride waves, they yeah. paddle out, never fall, never get cleaned up, and you know, you're just dodging bullets yeah. the whole time. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty radical experience. Yeah. You get and a couple. Surf, surf, surf pipe here. Yeah, I don't surf pipe, but I surf in Rocky Point. I remember, like, you know, people palling out, like, some of the Hawaiian guys, like, and it's a say, faggots, like, you know, just, like, kind of gnarly, you know, wearing our yeah. little red stubby shorts with my orange board and my NSSA vest with, like, just, double laminate. Then yeah. you talk about a target. Yeah. You know, but I remember this one time, this was the time that really kind of got me psyched to be a pro surfer. Sean Thompson's out surfing Rockies, and he looks at me, he's like, hey, how's it? You're having some, getting a good time. You're getting some waves, pretty. Like, all right, yeah, like, you know, like full classic Sean Thompson, just smooth, yeah. buttery. But I was so stoked. You're like, even that guy just, my existence. Yeah. yeah. I just like, got a shaka from freaking yeah. Sean Thompson. And I just sort of drifted with the current, like down to Rocky <laughs> Rights and just probably never caught a wave. But I was like, fuck, Sean Thompson just said hi to me. Like, hey, how's it? You know, like, you're catching some waves. How's it out here today? You know, like. You know, just yeah. what, what a legend. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was my first <laughs> trip to Hawaii. And then I remember my dad was driving the van 
and, the, and he's like, yeah, guys, is, is it everything clear back there? Like, yeah, yeah, Mr. Booth, it's all fine. He crashes the telephone pole. Oh. You know, like, <laughs> jackasses, you know, boards. Like, you know, the van's like loaded with boards and everyone's getting wax jobs. And then Ian Karen's had an issue because he was, at that point, he was the ASP. And there was some issue with the Hawaiians. It's like, hey, guys, if you surf the Triple Crown, because yeah. it's not sanctioned, we're going to strip your points on the ASP. Wow. Right? So Dane was going to get a world title that year. He was like, screw that. I'm Hawaiian. I'm surfing the Triple Crown. Surf the Triple Crown. They stripped his points. So Ian shows up and there's like some of the big brothers. They weren't happy with him. And yeah, for like, sure. He got fucking mopped one day. Like right at sunset. No, no, no. Right at um, Pipeline, the parking lot there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, so like, you know, we're these NSSA kids and here's Ian, big guy. Big guy. You know, getting getting rolled by bigger guys like yeah. you know and you're just like i didn't yeah. know what the who he was and i heard about eddie rothman and the black shorts and you're learning about yeah, this culture. whole environment of, behind the scenes yeah stuff that's not just, in the mags and not you know it's it kind is of is what it is talk. like this is these guys run the show yeah and this is the who and quicksilver yeah. sponsors the who and eddie rothman's the gnarly guy yeah. and this guy's gnarly over here and like you know, you're 12, 13 year old Grom just yeah. sitting there trying to absorb it all. Just go, yeah. holy fuck, this place is gnarly. Yeah, you know? I, I, the waves I, I, are big and the mokes are huge. Everything's yeah. just magnified and gnarly. Yeah. And, yeah. But Sean Thompson said hello he to said me. said hi to me. And then, I wanted to go over, I think it was like my sophomore going to junior year, and I'm like, Danny, Richard, you know, Wooly, I'm like, hey, I want to go to Hawaii for like Christmas. I'm going to stay an extra week. I want to go for three weeks over Christmas. We're like, okay. You know, we'll try to get you set up and, you know, get you a ride. And who picks me up at the airport is, you know, freaking... Mickey Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey's like, so what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mickey and, Nielsen, and, and Marvin Foster. Yeah. Oh, and Marvin. Yeah. Marvin probably didn't talk. Mickey probably did all the talking. No, we made like three stops between, you know, like whatever. I mean, I just didn't say a word. Wahiwa. They Hollywood. didn't say a word. I didn't... I had my skateboard and my board bag and a bag. And, and they were just pissed <gasps> off they had to drive to the airport. For, for who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it was, but that was, you know, you hear about these guys, you don't really know about the guys, but you're guys just like, I'm. you up at the yeah, airport. Yeah. That's yeah. epic. Yeah. I'm, here's, here's your spot. Here's your couch and here's your corner. And don't you know. Cause any don't cause any problems. Yeah. Oh, so you were hanging out with those guys at VLAN. Oh, and then I'd leave at before the sunrise i come at sunset and i would you know when it's dark and i would i'd stash my skateboard whether i'm surfing sunset or rockies or off the wherever and i'd crawl back in in the middle of the night like this <laughs> so fun. heavy yeah one year just one trip but that's cool though it was uh it was good times going over there and as you know when you're a kid from california you're a target you're a target but you're also like expected to go over there and like charge charge Send you know it. and put your time in and so you can't just go over there and be like i'm charging you got to go in there and be like wow okay you yeah. know hopefully there's not a really big swell the first like few days hopefully there's a couple other smaller days and you could build up some confidence i remember kelly slater like when yeah. kelly rode for sundeck and he was staying at ken bradshaw's house at camula i remember the first time he paddled out at sunset on the inside bowl he was terrified yeah everybody look at you know he's winning the eddie yeah. You know, look like, but I remember that kid, yeah. his bright eyed, bushy tail, just like, holy shit. You know? Yeah. Same thing when I got, yeah. you know, I had to paddle out at sunset, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. you got to get exposed to it and then you figure well, it out. Noah, yeah. Noah Johnson, who was a Quicksilver, 
guy and he lived at Bradshaw's. He's from the Big Island, but he would live at Bradshaw's and somehow, I, you know, I got grouped in with him and Poncho and Love and Locke and these guys. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's going off. And I'm like, it's white water for freaking, <laughs> there's no, that's the best time. There's nobody out. Like, you Let's can go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to say, I, I'm, I'm lucky to be here. <laughs> Laura's like, Hanging I'm out with guys. Sick. Yeah, I don't feel so throat. good. I'm no, like, no, 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 no. Girl, I'm here. Take <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's like these guys, you know, their eyes would light up and it oh, yeah. inspired you. You're like, wow, these guys are, yeah. they're they're frothing. Like the next day, it's like, it's going to, they know it's going to be 30 foot and they're all just, they Can't couldn't be. wait. And I'm like, are these, are these the same <laughs> people? I remember being like, at Quicksilver. We stayed at the Keiki Holly, which is like down yeah, by the beach break oh. by Foodland. And like, we had like, Tom Carroll and Richard Cram, Bryce Ellis and Jamie Brissick and myself and Tom Carroll and like the whole crew. Yeah. Wes Lane, Willie Morris. And like one day, and so we're Jamie Brissick and I are staying with Wes and Willie. And it's like, you know, we're surfing Sunset, a giant Hollyheva, rock pile, and just everything's just big and fucking gnarly. And then one day, YMAS break in there. Wes is like, here, take this. I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's a 9.6, it's a YMAS gun. And like I couldn't even get it under my arm, and I remember, like jumping off the beach, I like <gasps> jumped, dove, and like on the board, I literally flipped off the side of the board. I fell, and I'm like, holy fuck! Now I gotta paddle this it's board a canoe. out of Waimea, and I gotta catch a wave, and I can't even paddle on the thing. And it's just mental. Yeah, yeah. You just get exposed, and you just figure, but, yeah, but, figure it out. <laughs> but you, you final the pipe event like you got comfortable over there and you did well right like, like you know a couple little things here and yeah. there but yeah i mean you look at guys like triple crown guys yeah like, like Derek, michael ho sunny, sunny garcia yeah. you know those guys are just so like in tune so with everything. gnarly and yeah. well-versed sunset holly yeah. pipeline backdoor you got to spend a lot of time over yeah. there and and, and yeah. each wave is its own yeah yeah. Like I did better at Sunset as a backsider than I did at Hollyiva, and then Pipe I had two finals and I did yeah. pretty good there. But yeah, it was just oh no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Two, pipe, two, two finals of Pipe, that no was big rad. deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, good. so go back to '89, right? You're, you're... I thought we were on 2000 already. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're '89. We're still in '88. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> we, we, eight, eight, we, we were '89, and then we went back good numbers. again. To NSSA days. We're kind of but going all over the place. Yeah, much. That's, that's, that's good about the podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. We go ADD <laughs> yeah. all day long. We are. <laughs> so so uh, you're talking about 89. You, you Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year for 88, right? Yeah. 89 was my next. That's like, you know, you get your you get your base. I was yeah. 33rd in the world, so I had a good seed. Every round blah, you blah, didn't blah. have to surf, you're like, I'm yeah. killing it. And yeah. then I went 10 spots higher to 23rd, and that was... It was a good season, bad season, like, you know, kind of learn, learn the ropes. Like, yeah. you know, you're going through it for the second time. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping I was going to push a little bit harder, but it didn't matter. You yeah. know, it's 23rd in the world. You know, I'm still moving, your moving in a positive direction. Yeah. Your you know? confidence is yeah, growing, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and you're growing. I was 19, you know? Yeah. I went on a, tour when I was amazing. 18. So I'm 19 years old, 23rd in the world. Still, you know, learn how to surf point breaks, learn how to surf pipe. Like, you know, you you kind of look at it like as a surfer, like beach breaks, point breaks, reef breaks. You yeah. got to be proficient at all three. Yeah. And then where did you come from? You know, 
So where you came from, that's your, probably your strong point. You know, some people are point surfers, some guys are reef surfers, some people are beach break guys. So you're constantly just trying to get better, yeah. you know, more exposure and get better at what you're doing and yeah. hopefully be more competitive. You know? What was your like best outside of your PSA body glove surf bout wins? You've had two. Did you have any like... Look at Lara Tor- with this fucking... Whoa. Yeah. He won one at Salt Creek and, and the other one was... Lord. I won two at Trestles. Two. So, three, bro. Holy shit. I'm way off. Your, can we get some fact checking here? Dude. Dude. I fact checked. Let's talk about that. Three. Two at Salt Creek? No, one at Salt Creek. One at Salt Creek. Two at Trestles? And two at Trestles, yeah. Fucking A. Do you know dude. how hard it is to find these like stats? Like... It's not. It's well, not. Pre, was it dude, part? I'm pre-internet. No, dude. you're but like it, you're <laughs> stabbing in the dark. Here. But, but but there's no like, there's no coverage because it's not sanctioned ASP. You know, back then, like that was not. Yeah. You know, so it, you're it, making shit up. I am. <laughs> I'm just making it up. Three. So it was a PSAA. You you won one. In, yeah, they but, had this body glove but, surf bout thing. But the, it was like they put these, these are big, the big big yeah, dollars. Yeah, big ones for California. Yeah. 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 yeah, big dollars. No. Yeah. So, so the one in so I won the one in '88. we ever had. the one in '88. And then right after that, I basically kind of went, well, I was already pro, but I, that's when I started going on tour. But I won the one in 88 at Creek. I think I won like 20 some grand. It was 20 grand. Damn. It was 20 grand with $1,500 in, in, in heat wins heat on top wins. of that. Yeah, you so you get 100 bucks or if 50 if you won yeah. each round you advance. Yeah. It's good. It was kind of yeah. rad. Yeah. And then 91, you won the surf, the surf one, out. Yeah, I won the big one at Trestles. Because... Fletcher won the 90. Yep. yep. He won the 91. Wait, and then Slater won the 91. No, he won 92. Or, no, 90. 90? Yeah. The one Bud was in was, was 90. 90? Yeah. Well, Christian Maybe won... Christian won in 89. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then Kelly won in 90 with Star Shorts. That's right. In 91, I won. Okay. And I came back from France, and I had a reverse V. <laughs> Maurice Cole? I got my first Maurice Cole reverse V. And I... And I Went to trestles and freaking just, oh my, it just smashed it. Like the board bork really good at lowers. So, yeah. so who was so, in the final of that one? Um, and were the waves good? Waves were pretty. Waves were good. Yeah. That was uh, Chris Brown, Todd, Matt Brown, Todd Chesser, R.I.P. Yeah, Chris Chesser, Brown, Matt Brown, R.I.P. Todd Chesser, and I forget who else. But we, we ended up going to the chart house and celebrating we ended up back at this house fucking raging your house like, here oh yeah Sick. oh yeah with brock and chesser and we just the boys freaking lit it up it was so wow fun. yeah but brock was brock was rad back then because he was like him and chesser were like Frosty. they were like the the den mothers for slater and his whole generation yeah. they were the, like ross and dorian yeah. like they're the ones that held them like pipes fucking cranking you're going out like those guys had to answer to those two dudes yeah so it was cool and yeah i was a little bit older i wasn't as i think cheese a little older than me brock's a little older but it was really cool like being in that that time but that's the next generation of of we're going to help our peers and we're going to help everybody and not 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 keep it all segmented and separated we're going to make make sure brock and chess are what they did for the new school generation the momentum massive 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 those guys turned them into fucking hell men. men. Yeah. And the men. Yeah. They got them to charge. I remember seeing footage of Dorian and Ross surfing second reef pipe when they're like 15 years old. Yeah. Just going mental. They're like, dude, you guys got this. Like, it's not a big yeah. deal. It's fun. So, 
So I've been watching a lot of the Sarge scrapbook. Scrapbook. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, you, you've had a lot of parts in in those videos, right? Uh huh. Um, the Lord's number seven. Mm hmm. <laughs> Scrap. <laughs> Scrap, Sarge's, I know. Sarge's scrapbook seven. You were the. I was the host. You were the host. But before that one though, there's actually you won a contest at Reunion Island. Yeah, it was my only Sick. WCT win. Wow. I had like a bunch of seconds. Speak bridesmaid. Yeah, no, yeah, I, don't, I don't have a bunch of seconds. Hard to win those contests. So let's yeah. talk about that one. Easy. Reunion. So, yes. Yeah, let's so talk I, about. I took Damian Hardman out. That Sick. was rad. Good for you. A, and the waves a, were pumping though, right? Waves were good. We, we surfed this wave called, um, this little beach break called Trois Basson. And we called it Troy's Basin because we didn't know how to say Trois Basson. <laughs> it's Troy's Basin, right? And then in, I think it was like I got to the quarterfinals and all of a sudden St. Yeah, I need another beer. All of a sudden St. Lou fucking started cranking. Like a little swell came in. So good. So quarters, I had like Dave McCauley, got him, um, whatever. It doesn't matter. All of Medella. Um, then semis. I don't, even, I don't even remember who was in the semis, but it was me and uh, Damien in the final. And uh, Marty Thomas was my board caddy. It's like back then you used to be able to have a board caddy sitting on. Hey, it's on the left. Um, you have a board caddy in the lineups. And they're calling out scores for you and telling you what, what the hell's going on. So Marty Marty and I both rode for Locomotion. And, huh, Locomotion. Yeah, so it was rad. So I beat barely, barely squeak. I think I beat him by like 0.5 or something silly like that. But hey, it wins a win. You know, it's my yeah. first. It was 91. It's like three, four years in the tour, I had my first WCT win. So 89 was your first full year on the tour, right? 89 was, yeah, the first full year, yeah. Where it started in Australia in the spring, and then it finished in Hawaii in, in uh, December. Okay. Yeah. And you hadn't won anything yet. No, up until 1990, 91. I, I, um, made probably my, I made my first final. I got second in the Pipe Masters. Oh shit! Yeah, so that was cool. That year was rad. Oh, with, against Tom Carroll. Tom Carroll, yeah. Ross Clark Jones, mm -hmm. Richard Marsh. So 1990 was rad because, I, um, I was in Margaret River, big, giant Margaret River was giant, and I beat Tom Curran in the quarters. That was rad. Wow. And uh. I had Mike Ramelsi in the heat before the round before that, and that was a pretty radical um, square off there. But it was so big that none of us were prepared with boards. Margaret so, River. Yeah, it was like yeah. solid 12 to 15 feet. That like place is weird. Megatron, like big, big, big. Yeah. So Mike Parsons had a 7-4 Rusty, and like we would all take dibs on the board. So the board is basically out in the lineup, right? So the next heat, you're like, yeah, I got dibs on that board, so I'm going to paddle out my... At a seven foot. So rock. you guys had boards out the back. Yeah. That you caddies. would just go. Okay. Yeah. So the same board would just sit out there all day until it got broke, because we're all under gun. That my biggest board was a seven zero Rossin. So I paddled out, started the heat, caught a wave on the seven zero, and then as soon as I could find the guy that was on the seven four, I go over him and I could give me that thing, right? And uh, so I beat Tom Kern in the quarters. It was rad. And then. Uh, so I think I surfed two times the day that was really, really big. And it was big the whole event, and then it just went to a whole other level. Like, it was closing out between Margaret River and the box. Like, the whole freaking bay closed out. It was huge. And then the next day, it got a little smaller. I beat Nikki Wood in the semis, went up against Barton in the final. By the time the final rolled around, it kind of dropped a bit. 
Um, but I could have won that contest if the wave stayed bigger. If I would have, you know, but Barton was, you know, Barton's a really good competitor and the waves yeah. were a little bit wave starved. He's a tactician. So turned into more of a tactical final. Mm -hmm. But I got second there and then basically followed the same swell from Margaret River to Tavarua. So I went to Tavarua in 1990 and. and First they trip were to Yeah. So they're, they're filming Slater Black and White. I was just going to ask. Richard like, Wolcott was the guy. He was the team manager. So you were there for the filming of Black oh, yeah. and White? Yeah. You don't remember his segment there? I do. Him and Wooly? Just yeah. freaking Chava dating. Greenlee too, right? Yeah, Chava. Reynos Hayes. Yeah. Like, yes. It was David Giddings. Sick. So I guess they've been flat the whole time. I literally show up and the swell starts cranking. So I'm like. You know, I got my 610, 70 Rossins. I got all my lumber from, from the Margaret River event. Show up, cloud break starts going freaking off. And, and there it's was in a, November. There's going to be a contest there? No, it's just a just trip. surf, surf okay. trip. Yeah. Quick server trip. Yeah. So that was rad. So we got to film Slater Black and White. And then Were you trip, tripping on his, like ability and some good sized surf or oh, like God. surfing ring con like were you just like you already knew he was who he was and how hard he was ripping oh, but yeah, like, by 1990 kelly kelly was like he was surfing pro events grooming himself to go on tour 91 was his first year on tour yeah um but yeah i mean just ridiculous like you know i mean i i saw kelly back in like 80s I surfed with him in England in 86. And him and Chris Brown were like little prodigies. You knew he was going to be great then. Yeah. So, you know, you roll forward four years and the kid's like taking scalps, getting getting big, strong, surfing great, whatever. But yeah, cloud break, nuts. Um, and then there was this footage of him at restaurants. Fuck. So one of the days was pretty funny because Dan Merkel was a photographer. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go back because... To 88? No. Because before Black and White, one of the most iconic surf videos, films ever was fucking Performers. Performers. Oh, yeah. Now, you weren't in the first Performers. I was in the second one. Yeah. But that was way before Black and White, right? No, two years before Black and White. Two years before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 88. Uh, performers was done in, like, 88. Yeah. Yeah. But... Actually, performers. Yeah. I was like a you were you were one like of the main dudes. And I was like performers. a senior, and it was my, I was like a senior in high school. Sick for your performers too. Yeah. And how sick or was now, that? Now I was in college. Or I don't know. How sick yeah. was that? Performers too. It was but your rad. your your first big like video movie. Like, oh video, yeah, your big first big segment. Yeah, yeah. Like my song was. You're not getting a wave here at this spot. This spot it was yeah. like. Boo, what was your song? Welcome to the world. What's <laughs> that? It's just. I think it was Joe Satriani, the guitar guy. Oh. It was just, yeah, it was like, it was a pretty disco song. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> but it was iconic. Yeah. Performers I mean, too. Like, hey, performers. I was their big sponsored kid. Yeah. Um, with like Tom Carroll and Richard Cram and Ross Clark Jones and Richard Cram. Ross Clark's like, his famous quote is like, yeah, I've always wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> I kind of like, I always wanted to fly. And there's a photo of him like jumping off of like a 12 foot closeout at at a sunset just paddling into something and just ditching the board and going over the falls i've always wanted to be a pilot and yeah you know it's so pretty good. cool like you know that year was big that winter was the surf was fucking giant well for us performers was, was you know and performers yeah. too yeah wave warriors and performers were like yeah everything yeah, yeah. so like, i got that that cool segment is young grom i was pretty stoked yeah just so. the way that you guys did the you know stacking all the boards yeah. And then standing in front of it. Yeah. It's like one of the coolest 
segments ever. Well, Performers One was the first video where when you heard a song, yeah. like, you you uh, think of that. Sort of oh my God, like Richard Cram's section uh -huh. off the wall. Yeah. yeah, you know, Marm Foster section, Mickey Nielsen section. To, uh. You know, blah, you know, you associate it. Yeah. And those guys like. They didn't ask permission to use any of the any yeah. of the songs. They just ramboed it. Yeah. It was off the bleep. It was off the you know. They got knew they the got radar. spanked. They're just like we didn't know about copyright infringement and this yeah. shit, and they're just going for it. Yeah, yeah. We, we only produce we three thousand movies, and you know, all right, yeah. we'll take them off. We'll, we'll make I'll make them go away. Sorry. We kind of do that too. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Tavarua. Yeah. Oh God. So, but anyways, the funny thing about the Slater deal. Kelly's out ripping collaborating. Yeah. Just crushing it. And then nobody understood about restaurants. When the tide goes out, that's like when restaurants gets good. So one of the boatmen or somebody gave him, hey, Kelly, don't go out at collaborating. Wait for the tide to go out at restaurants. So Dan Merkel's all pissed off. Go, Kelly's a fucking pussy. Like, what's going on? And, and we're all at a collaborating. It's capping. It's big. It's kind of rogue. And Kelly's surfing restaurants. Just going teeing off going fucking ape shit. By the time we came back, Tide had come up, so it shut down. But they left the, the but filmer they, with him. Yes, and they yeah. got it all in the can, and he just took restaurants to a whole nother Nobody see Everybody's level. all ridiculous. Race the barrel, kick out. It's freaking two yeah, foot Kelly's deep. Like floaters on the rocks, yeah. and just, you know, razor sharp reef, the whole deal, and just went completely ape shit. So then there was this little stigma on Kelly, who was a pussy. Uh -huh. I was like, Kelly's not a pussy. Kelly fucking charges, but he just served perfect restaurants and yeah. just took riding restaurants to He just raised the ceiling, like. Of what you do on yeah. below sea level. Story house to a three story house in one session. Yeah. And that was a huge part of the movie. Yeah. But but at the same movie, like, he was kind of charging big totos, too. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like. Totos, yeah. pipe. Yeah. And pipe. And, yeah. like, he, you know, he was taking off some big yeah. back door and pipe waves. It wasn't like. Yeah. Was, but Kelly, you know, Kelly got this weird little trip and that put a little chip fire on his shoulder. Under his that, and then, you know, we went to Hawaii that year and he got, he got, what, out of nowhere, I got quarterfinals at Pipe Masters. That was the year I got second. Kelly got a barrel that was ridiculous, like a roll-in deeper than the boil. Yeah. And got barreled, no hands, spat out of the barrel, like just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that was when he was sowing his oats. And work, you know, surfing with Tom Carroll, Ross Clark, Quicksilver backing him. Yeah. You know, the whole the whole machine, but he was producing and performing. Like he was the guy that was charging. Stepping you know, up. You can have all these people behind you, but if you're not out there charging, none of it means shit. But yeah. you know, so but I think that little spat yeah. with Dan Merkel and, and the this little weird little perception trip kind of lit a fire under his yeah. ass and he just went. Boom, Fuck boom, you. boom. Yeah. <laughs> the show's not about Kelly. Yeah. The show is about Jeff Booth. Yeah. Right. Let's go back to Jeff Booth. But I was there. I was watching it all happen. <laughs> no. And, and that's a great insight because a lot of people, you know, don't, you know, they hear about that. They, you know, you can't read about it. I mean, really, unless you do, you know, like, yeah. you can find it. Whatever. No, I was, I was sponsored by Quicksilver. This guy's from, this little, this little yeah. pussy from Florida, you yeah. know, the guy rips two footers, but yeah, he doesn't charge. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. we, you're, we were a Ferrari driving in the fast lane and yeah. there's a Ferrari that comes behind you that wants to go faster. <laughs> you got to get the fuck out of the way. I mean, guys like him are, they come around once every hundred years. Yeah. You know, and maybe you, a thousand when you know yeah. a guy's that great. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. It's like, fuck. I mean, look, so, Bruce in the pudding. 
so that year, you won. That's the year that you won reunion, reunion right? Um, no, '91 was reunion, but the year before, I got second in Margaret's. Then went to Tavaru and did Slater Black and White. Got a really good base of riding big lefts. Then went to Hawaii and got second in the Pipe Masters. So that was like a kind of that ninety. Who won that year? Uh, Tom Carroll. Oh, that yeah. Was that the year of the snap? No, that was no. That was like a couple years later. Oh. I think the snap was ninety one, something like that. But, yeah, I don't even think. But it was he... cool. We had three Quicksilver guys in the finals. It was Tom, myself, and Ross Clark Jones. We had one, two, three. It was sick. Yeah. Yeah, that was rad. And then, um, then 91, I won my first event at Reunion. So, like, 90 and 91 is when I kind of, you know, my little career started kind of yeah. moving in a direction. Like, wow, it's a little goofy foot kid, like, from California. Like, yeah. he's doing some shit, you know. He's doing it at Pipe, doing it at Margaret River. Yeah. You know, doing it at Reunion Island. Who, like who was all in the final at uh, Reunion with you? Uh, Damien. Damien, okay. Yeah. Who is a tactical yeah. Oh no, it was a close. It was a close final. It was like point five. It was yeah. like could have wow. gone either way, but I took them all still. Isn't that sad? Yeah. They yeah. can't even surf there now. I know. Fucking sharks. Crazy. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I remember Jeremy. I don't even Such a good wave. Lynn and right you now. would absolutely fucking freak out on that wave. Yeah. So good. It bends it's, and grows. It's like yeah. Soft T like speed float snaps cutties and then it just hits a corner and then all of a sudden it gets twice as big and then it stands oh. up and then you go through a dry reef like inside which you would kick out before i got a i got a 10 there <laughs> and i hit the lift so fucking hard so many times i remember when i when i finished the wave it kind of finishes in deep water yeah i put both hands on both legs <laughs> and i kind of took a breath i kind of looked at the judge just like fuck guys that's all i got <laughs> right? and that was a 10 and i'm palling back out and all of a sudden i hear a 10 i just kind of looked up and i was like thanks guys that's so awesome <laughs> yeah i put the work in yeah but it's like it's very rare that you know when you get a 10 yeah. it's from all maneuvers normally there's a barrel involved for sure this or is just crazy here hit the shit out of the lips yeah. as many times you awesome. can i got a 10 so, so you're known and going back to airs you're known as like you know a powerhouse technician like you know top to bottom all rail I mean, that momentum generation pops up and, you know, all of a sudden it's high, you know, fly and, you know, aerial Bust acrobats, like, you know, where you just kind of like, what the fuck? Is this like, you know, where surfing's going? Were you just like, oh, they're not going to get scores? Like, how did that work on the well, comp I mean, the, yeah, so the, the, you call it momentum generation, you know, they called themselves new school. But, you know, and it, it was Slater, Machado, Dorian. Ross, you know, yeah. that was like the nucleus yeah. of, of the deal. And you know, Lars in there somewhere. T, T, T Knox, Taylor, Lars. you got Rob. Yeah. yeah, I was a couple yeah, years Taylor, behind no, him. Taylor Knox, yeah. for sure. And then like Kalani, they, you know, they called he him was, preschool. He preschool. Was preschool. He was preschool. Pre-K. But, but like, you know, it's funny. Like, I remember I had a run in with Ross and Dorian at Hasegore one year. What? You know, so I'm sitting there, like, all right, every time I paddle out, I got Tom Kern, Derek Ho. Michael Ho, Martin Potter, like you fucking Sunny, name it. I, like, like yeah. how do I get a wave? How do you get a wave practicing with all these guys, right? Yeah. So then you're finally like kind of working yourself up to through the ranks and you're getting a little bit of credibility, a little yeah. bit of you're establishing a little yourself. bit of respect. Well, like Slater and those guys and, and Ross and Dorian, like, like they just wanted to come bulldoze right through everyone, right? So I remember like, surfing this little bank like up the beach in Hasegar, and it's just bitching a little left. Like Taylor Steele's filming Ross and Dorian, and we're out surfing, and they paddle out, and they get on my inside. I fucking drop in on them, right? 
So I get dropped in on by all those guys, Derek and all the boys. Like, I can't get a wave. Yeah. Like, fuck these guys, you know? <laughs> Take them. Like, You're going to pay it forward. Who do they think they are, right? Yeah. And they kind of paddle out like, fuck, man, why, why are you dropping in on me? Like, you know, like, so I'm sitting there going, fuck, I'm getting it from the top. I'm getting it from the bottom. Like, yeah. like what, what's You're up? You're the blue collar no, work. You're the blue no collar justice work. here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was all, like, we're all we're Bros. all buddies. I mean, yeah. and, like, you know, I'm, I'm at Foodland one year. But and they're like, filming. Like, you know, and they're psyching. Yeah, Machado's like, hey, Booth, can you buy me a 12-pack? You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure, Rob. Give me some fucking money. I'll buy you a 12-pack. Like, you know, yeah. no big deal. Like, you know, we're all we're all cool. But it was just funny, though. Like, those they guys. Were taking they, they were taking over. They wanted so to come raw. in and Like, why are you over? dropping in on me? I'm yeah. Like, well, you know, I get yeah. That's part of the pecking order. Like, right. Fuck the pecking order. Like, yeah. we're here. It's us now, That's and we're taking sick. over. It's kind of awesome, but yeah, yeah, it sucks for somebody in your position because yeah. that didn't happen to me. Yeah, I got knocked down. I, I, yeah. I had to, yeah, pay so respect. You're like, you're yeah. like, hey, this is how it works. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, no, no, no. See this, those guys that this, I'm not dropping yeah. in on. Yeah, I'm not dropping in on them. I'm they're, dropping yeah. in on you. And they're like, this isn't how it works. They're rock You know, we're like, wait, what? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, I want to no, drive. No, I'm going to drive around you. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, it was all cool. We were all good. Everything was good. But it was just those funny moments. And then our group was like Luke, Richie, Sonny. You know, that's our generation. Yeah. And Hoyle. we got Rob Hoyle. Bain. Yeah, Richie Bain, Dog Bain, Marsh. They, yeah, Simon Law. Yeah, yeah. My, Michael Romelzi. Romelzi, amazing Ramel. surfer, dude. Yeah, I, I forgot. Surfer. I forgot. All about him. He's a great, great surfer. Great. I forgot all about oh, him, but yeah. because of the Sarge's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because yeah. he had a lot of like parts in, in oh, the yeah. videos. I was like, holy shit! I remember yeah. that that name. Spicy, goofy. Yeah, dude, he was Nara. So like that, our generation got sandwiched between the old school and the new school, and we were kind of like we were kind of considered new or old yeah. school. But going back to your whole thing, your question about rail surfing power surfing yeah. it's like you know simon anderson's quote it's like hey surfing's done on the wave not on the water yeah yeah you know, i just i tried airs at a younger age i think i went for an air and the board like spun around the nose poked me up the ass and i thought i was like came in going fuck i'm like like oh is there blood like what's going on and i'm like <laughs> fuck that i don't ever want to do an air again like screw that yeah but, um you know what the new school like they're just they had a different approach to riding waves um and, and they were this pack of kids. Like, you know, you heard all their stories. But they found companionship amongst themselves. So a lot sure. of them were from broken homes and single, you know, parent families and all this. But yeah. So they were this energy fucking pod of, we want to go fuck up the establishment. Yeah, for that sure. was their trip, yeah. you know. And they didn't care. No. They didn't care if they were hurting feelings. Yeah. And they were ushering in a different and I, way and I of think, surfing. And I think the support from the sponsors was kind of like backing that too. Oh, absolutely. They're like, we don't care if you do. If you just keep this attitude just and what you're guys. doing, yeah. Yeah. we'll pay you the same, if not more, like than what you're doing. So, market value. So that, I think, took a lot of relief, even though they were obviously yeah. really good competitors, you know, whether it's Ross or Rob or Kelly or those guys. Or, but I think they... They wanted to do the tour because that was what you... That's what you did. That's how you stayed relevant. And that's yeah, what you yeah, did yeah, and to yeah. get all that. But I think they just like, fuck, man. The best heats, though. The best heats. I, I don't have to when, make money. When Shane Dorian and Ross Williams had a man-on-man -man heat, the way the seed thing, like we would sit there all the all, all the 
us older guys, we go, oh, fuck yeah, we're going to watch that heat. So we'd all show so up. So good. We'd show up because they're all staying they, in the same they house. Would get... They'd come in like like two boxers, like yeah. a heavyweight title fuck match. You. Coming in from different corners, cussing, swearing, pissed off, this, that. You'd watch the heat. And then one guy would win, one guy would lose, the other guy would be like, fuck you, and this everything, like just carnage and chaos. Two days later, you'd see them hanging out together like everything was fine. Yeah. It was just the funniest. That's good competition. It was yeah. so epic. I, oh my God, I remember those days. Like, it was like, like Luke would be like, hey, Booty, you see the draw? Like, fucking Shano and, and, and Ross have a heat together. Like, we're going to watch it. We're going to yeah. drink beers, we're going to watch it, you know, and just hang out. Well, and, and it goes back to that, like that different demographic where the your predecessor, your old school, you know, did they travel by themselves? They didn't really have like that team, you know, Austra- uh, whether it's Australia or like a Quicksilver Billabong camaraderie. Yeah. And you had these guys, guys that would just kind of grind it out. And then those guys, they didn't all have the same sponsors, but they were all besties. Yeah. And they, and they were traveling together because everyone shared costs we all and that was it there's four guys to a rental car yeah and four guys to a hotel room everyone just partnered up and just tried to figure it out yeah so they're put together based on not from other pressures but like a sponsor or like hey we're all from the same necessity we're just we're we're all friends but you would still get that like oh god they were it was fun yeah all right all that was rad let's talk about a couple things Uh oh g land Gland, um, but also uh, the the year that you ended up second, or did you say fourth? That was Gland. You got second in Gland. I got second in Gland. Yeah, yeah. That was the '95. That was my best year on tour. Best year on tour. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. So when you get like top ten, and I was like, no, no, no fucking top five. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he said one time. No, Mar- well, said. One time top five. Well, I should have said one one year top five, two two other years top ten. Right, ninety four through ninety six. Yeah, yeah. He was... My last three years on tour, I did like sixth, fourth, and ninth. See, okay. So I had three wow. years in the top okay. ten. Yeah. Had a little run. That's cool. So let's yeah. talk about that. Okay. Um, G Land. Was that the first year they had it there? Yeah. And the you rumble and Slater, in the jungle. Yeah. You and Slater were in yep. the final. Yep. Ways were fucking cranking the whole time. Yeah. You've cool. ever been there before? No. 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 Just show up contest you knew yeah obviously everybody knows what gland is it's I'm been bored. a bunch of movies it's a left, it's yeah. a left yeah. reef yeah <laughs> yeah that was amazing and the ways were it was cranking yeah. it was money trees so swells more west so is it money trees guess when it goes more south it goes to the launching pad and speed reef so we had more of that money tree kind of thing good and, is that better or worse ah, it's all the same it's all the same <laughs> different part of the reef but you're yeah. Yeah. getting barreled money trees probably um a little Tell it. thinner lip, but yeah. but real fast and racy longer. Mm. Whereas like launching pad in the speed reef is, it's like Deeper a roll water. in into a really really radical gnarly barrel. So money tree is probably more performance, mm-hmm. like turns, barrels, combos kind of thing. Which you didn't walk, want Kelly in. Walk us through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Walk us through the contest, like um, not the whole thing, but like tell us just like, the final. Yeah, your quarters, semis. Um, because this is what people, I mean, they don't get to watch this back on, yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah. WSL, I, I found it. Hot I, Summer Nights, but. I found the contest somewhere. I'm going to have to dig it back up. We're just really so like, we're bummed the, the, the year canceled, the tour canceled, because that was back on the schedule yeah. this year. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. So I, I, I remember, like, say, going back into the trip. So, like, 
We were in Bali. Yeah. And then we had to load up our boards, and then we had to drive to Jilan. So you drive to the end of Bali, you get oh. on a freighter, you go across to Java. It's another big, long drive, stay in a hotel, wake up in the morning. And in the morning, it's like, all right, cool. And then we go to the harbor, get get our shit on the boats, and the boats drive you into Jilan. And Steve Palmer was the um, licensee guy for uh, Quicksilver Bali. And he goes, Jeff, he's a free cosmic guy, but like super rad, dude. I, I spent a lot of time hanging with him in Bali. And uh, he goes, when you get into the jungle, like there's like a, there's like a tiger trail yep. where it's right off the beach. It's a jungle. He goes, just stop and feel, feel what it feels like. You're in the jungle. You're out when in the middle of nowhere. Middle of, just stop, breathe and just take, Sick. take a moment. So I remember that was in, in my brain and we get so off the great. boat and. You know, unloading. I remember getting on the Tiger Trail, and I just stopped. And Enjoying I just, the moment. For a moment, I yeah. felt it. And you could Where just feel at. like, you could feel it, the humidity, and the you could feel the jungle like coming down on you and surrounding you. And like, all right, you're in Gland now. You're part of Gland. Like you're Sick. part of this fucking jungle, yes. at the edge of the ocean with this perfect wave. Perfect. For you listeners, I've Kinda been cool. to Gland with Mr. Booth. How fucking awesome was that trip? How fucking drunk were you? <laughs> but then we took a speedboat. Did you did? Yeah. We yeah. Took, you slept like half the time. No, that was Mechlin. Once we got to the broken ship, then you kind of woke up and saw it. Like, <laughs> like, All right. Sorry. Okay. That was good. Go we'll get Go to back. that. So anyways, G-Land event, um, you know, paddle out, surf, get warmed yeah. up, broke a board for a session. First heat, lost, went to the loser's round. Oh. Had a man-on-man -man heat, smoked this little Brazilian kid, got got kind of momentum, got rolling. Um, Swells, like, projected, like, same, yeah, like, throughout the week, just bombing. cranking the yeah. whole time. Yeah, it's like six. What were you riding? Like a six five, six eight, And then... Um, Did you switch to... Were you on burn by then? Yeah, or I was what? riding burn. Yeah. So what 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 prompted the change from... Well, this, the, with, with Stussy, you know, I started the tour riding Stussy's. Yeah. But then Sean got into clothing. Yeah. And that just absolutely went bonkers and took off so that occupied a lot of his time so then i um he was just like look you know i can't shape boards, boards. i can't keep up yeah you know blah 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 so i started writing for local motion oh that's right yeah. i remember that yeah. too so rossens like, yes yeah, so I, I got rossens like so in 1990 when i did well in the pipe masters i was on rossens that was sick pat rossens like such an amazing yeah. shaper so he's like i had know, a few of those yeah and he got popular because he made a board for MR overnight, and MR won it at the Waimea event. It was like a mobile billabong event. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, everyone wants Pat Rossens all of a sudden. Yeah. So it's yeah. funny how surfers validate shapers. Yeah. And you look over time, you know, Tom Curran, Maurice Cole, you know, Tom Curran, Al Merrick, Kelly Slater, Al Merrick, yeah. Luke Egan, JS, uh, Joel Parkinson, DH. Like, yeah. and you look at all those combinations for sure it's funny how it's kind of yeah. extrapolated over time but yeah I and mean, marty thomas and i are riding for local motion like yeah. rossens it's like oh my god but it you know when i went into g-land i was riding for burn um burn surfboards um had a licensee in america um they, australian it was an australian based company phil yeah. burn out of wollongong he made boards for tom carroll and rob page yeah and then so burn got rid of their licensee in the U.S. and hooked up with Michael Barron, MB Surf Designs. Yeah, yeah. So then Quicksilver came to me going, hey, look, you know, Phil Burns looking for a team rider, 
partnered up with Michael Barron, tried some of his boards, tried some of Michael's boards. I'm like, ooh, these boards are great. Yeah. So I was on the burn program. Sick. So I had boards. That was a shoot. long run. Oh, I'm still riding his boards. Yeah. yeah. It's been like, shit, 25, 26 years riding in these boards. Yeah. But I get boards from Phil Byrne. There's a guy named Lori Byrne that made really good boards. Yeah. So when I go to Australia, I get boards. So I'm, so my guns were all Phil Byrne shaped guns for G-Land. So I had like 6.5, 6.8, 7 Just had a great quiver and everything just kind of jived. So had a, I think in the quarterfinals, it was, um, I think I had Rob Bain in like the ninth round. Sick. Took Bainey out. I think I had Simon Law in the 17th round. In the quarterfinals, I had Kaipo Ikeas. I got, a, I got a 10. I got a 10 in the uh, quarters. I was psyched on that. Sick. I took Kaipo out and then I had Kalani Rob. In the semi, wow. Kalani pitch. was just the Grom going fucking mental, like the Energizer Bunny. Like we we're he just still is. tripping yeah. out. He's a couple years younger than you, right? He's young. He's, younger than he's a couple years too. younger than me. Yeah. So he's probably like mid forties. Yeah. So I had Kalani and I fucking took him in the semi. I was psyched. Took him in the semi. And then Kelly's like, you know, well, I was kind of hoping it was going to be me and Kalani in the final, like kind of like dishing me, like because yeah. he, he wanted like the new school preschool yeah, kid, for sure. you know, their little trip. And uh, I remember, like, I remember, I, I came in from the semi, and I didn't come all the way to the beach. I came to the tower that was the scaffolding was built like halfway out. Took a break. I'm like, I'm not going to go all the way in. I'm going to stay here. I'm on a roll. I got my boards. Got my water. I'm cool. Kelly wins his semi so it's like all right i got slater in the final killer so you're the first uh group of the semi so so then kelly who who is he against i forget i forget but then kelly decides to surf the expression session oh my god which is right before the final so in the final and i'm sitting there relaxing getting ready and the final goes like this guy's fucking juicing i fucking paddle out i'm in the lineup i'm ready to go horn goes off kelly's like off in egypt somewhere you know took him like 10 minutes to paddle back out because you know I don't know what he was doing, but I caught a wave, right? Horn went off, time to go. I got like an eight. Sick. Kelly paddles out, he's like snapping at me, like, why'd you take off? Why didn't you wait for me? I'm looking at him, like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, it's a final, bro. It's a contest. <laughs> so That's then, tactician right so then right it, like, then we, you know, we, you know, Exchange, but it was cool. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he, yeah. he, he got it. Like, he, he was showboating around in the expression session. And then, and then, so I had a little bit of a leg up on him, and then the heat went on. And then he got a 10. I remember paddling back out. Like, I got a really good wave. I got like an 8.8 or something. And Kelly gets this wave. And he's just lighting the thing up like a pinball machine. And it was like Tom Carroll's his caddy. I had Andrew Murphy was the Quicksilver manager. He was my caddy. So it's all a Quicksilver affair. We're stoked. We're just all yelling like 10, 10. He's like getting barreled, doing snaps, getting barreled, like just going freaking mental. And... Like, I was psyched. Like, I was like, here's your competitor getting a 10, but you're psyched. Yeah. And then um, I think I got, like, a 9. I got another wave. And then I had one. I had a barrel. I had a wave where I got, like, an 8-second barrel. And this was the wave that probably would have won me the contest. And instead of, like, wearing the lip on the head and, like, coming out the side door and, like, working around the wave, yeah, I, tr- I tried to just come. I'm like, this is the final. You got to do it right. Yeah. And I tried to come through perfect. And I almost got out of it, and the lip just, it just kind of snaggled toothed in, and it kicked me out the back, and I was still standing on my board. Oh. And I was just like, fuck. Like, that was the wave that would have sealed the deal. Because but, Kelly but, had like a 10 and like a low 8. 
you know, and I was like sitting like I had, you had a nine, but it's so, I had it's, a solid nine, and I had like a, that thing could have been a ten, and I, I would have taken them, but but it's those little, you know, milliseconds of decision making where you, like you said, you're like, I got a bulldoze. I knew this, I, I knew I could have wore the lip on the head, yeah. and got through it because it was so thin, and I could have come out low oh. road and gotten around it. I'm like, you know, I fuck that. This is the final. You're gonna do it right. And yeah. I tried to do it right, and it just got me. And I was like, that was it. That was, I was like an eight-second barrel. Like, I oh. was fucking shacked all the way across on a bomb. And I had a ton of wave after that. Yeah. Like, it would have been a really good way. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, if you look at it as a Quicksilver athlete, yeah. you know, it's scripted. First G-Land. First G-Land event. Yeah, two right. Quicksilver guys. Kelly Slater's like the heir apparent. Like, yeah. I was under no delusions that Kelly's like, He's the Michael Jordan of surfing. Like yeah. he is the guy. He was already. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. It's like had he I was won just a, so stoked. Had he, had he won a, He'd already won world titles. He did. Yeah. Okay. He, he was getting tens and yeah. every. But year. I was like, fuck! I just got. Yeah. I, I just my my sponsors event. I made the final and I got a historic event. I got second. Like I was. Stoked. You're getting barreled off your ass. Yeah. Like, like oh, come on. I didn't care. No. I was stoked. Yeah. That was fun. That's but that was a rad. Like, yeah. yeah. Like that was a cool. Yeah. Ass. Event. So go. I just wanted to bring this up because we we had Jeff Lausch and Amber on surf prescriptions and Doc Doc yeah. the DOC and um, he shaped for Stussy mm-hmm. and he did boards and he's like yeah I think I might have done a few of uh, yeah. Jeff Jeff's boards over the I years. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. You know because obviously you know he's doing you know Stussy's designs for... he's just finishing and kind of taking yeah. off and he was and he he pays a ton of respect and, and homage to how you know he groomed i vaguely Jeff. remember yeah doc and you know you're a grom so like you're you're like i'm getting boards from sean stussy yeah like, you don't know who makes the boards like yeah you know, and i remember waiting i'd wait weeks months for my boards and you know again stussy's getting clothing yeah he was designing board shorts for gotcha with michael thompson I came off that going, screw that, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. You know, and he shaped boards and like, it's just, you, you, you're trying to just, you're trying to, you know, you got John Gothard and Spurk Mangan and Titus, Richard Johnson, so Byron cool. Wong, all these guys that ride his boards. Yeah. So he's trying to d- design clothing and shape boards for all for those guys. For a lot of guys. You know, so yeah. you get it. For and, sure. And you look at every, like, you call them ghost shapers. But we we were like blown away because that was something that we didn't know yeah. when we interviewed him. We're like, wow, yeah. wow yeah. that's yeah. sick. He's like, yeah, boothy, whatever. And we're like, oh, we got to bring that up. Cause- you know what's sick? It's like Stuce with this whole deal. He's in Santa Barbara and this whole lockdown COVID thing. Stuce, he's like, fuck that. I'm just going to make a bunch of boards. Yeah. Right? So he DM'd me. He's like, hey, it's time. Let's do a board. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So Let's he's making it twin fin. And he found a laminate. Like back then, in the 80s, he did laminates. He found a rice paper laminate. What? And it was like this war paint, Stuce tribal face and it says like Jeff Booth on it and he found it in a box and he's put it on my board like he posted on his Instagram Sick. and I'm just tripping because like, wow. like I want I want my I want a sand colored deck with ice blue rails you know no, you want the graph paper twin. yeah no, no, no. Like, <laughs> we got no 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 that doesn't work anymore we can't find an airbrush guy no. dude that'll cost a thousand dollars for that spray. I, I uh JJ wanted spray on his board like kind of John John's, my son, he's like, oh, I want to get a spray. And I'm like, we got paint pens, you know, let's just do yeah. it up. Like, get a know. whiteboard kit. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I saw the air spray, like, cost, and I'm like, 
He's like, yeah, I know it's getting expensive these days. Stamps. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even tell him like so, next time. Uh, hundred dollar, yeah. hundred twenty dollar air spray. I'm like, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, here's like, some paint pens. <laughs> I got, well, a, get a doodle. I got a can <laughs> of lacquer spray. I'll, I'll seal so, it. But yeah, like I mean, the craftsman and and the you know the amount of work it goes in, and this yeah. was nothing technical, but you know you want to support that. But at the same time, like that's yeah. why there's a lot of whiteboards. So I probably I probably wrote a couple boards that Doc shaped, and then when then Terry Martin, oh, Terry yeah. Martin was the ghost shaper. Like my first year on tour, all my boards were Terry Martin's. Sick. Yeah, and Terry's great shaper. Yeah. And I worked yeah. with him. Stuce was just like, look work with terry he's great i'm i'm doing my thing yeah i'm stoked you're putting the logo on the board we're all good like everything was fine but wow terry like i got to work with him what a master craftsman yeah, yeah. he could make anything he used to make balsa boards out of like yeah here i went out to the desert and i cut this balsa <laughs> thing down i let it dry out for three weeks now i'm chambering a board <laughs> making a surfboard and you're like yeah you talk about i don't craftsman. even want, do i put it on my wall or i surf it yeah yeah exactly so no, it's funny. So you you like you're on tour for you know, ten ten, ten seasons. Ten seasons. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's and, pretty. And you finished, like you said. Strong. You fucking made. You were in top ten the whole last, time. Last last three years were good. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple injuries. I had an ankle injury, um, ninety one, that was really bad. That kind of held me back. Like the next year, ninety two, I only surfed half the year. Oof. Um, I had a back injury, herniated disc really bad, uh-huh. only surfed half the year. So I had some setbacks for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was 93, I started training really hard. And Quicksilver had this program with this Australian guy named Rob Roland Smith. Yeah. He was a him. rugby league fitness trainer. Yeah. So I started running the Sand Hills in Palm Beach, like the most southernmost, no, northernmost beach in Sydney, running up and down Sand Hills and swimming and lifting weights and just you know and tom carroll was training with us second lee sanderson lane beachley kelly uh, mick campbell yep um danny wills everybody like the whole, the whole crew team. yeah training you know getting after it so that whole fitness part you know coming off the injury really helped me like create a really good base and then you know all, you've traveled the tour you've done the runs you know the drill Conserve yeah. your energy. Conserve yeah. your good boards. Then you get physically Wait. fit. Yeah. And I had three years. I had sixth, fourth, and ninth. Yeah. That's fucking and it was awesome. Good. And then yeah. I was like, I just got to the point where I'm like, I just don't know if I want to travel eight months a year and yeah. live out of a freaking bag. You're still single, right? You went. I actually, my my last year on tour, I met Melissa, my okay. wife, and, and and she was the um, head head of design at Quicksilver. Okay. And we met. And Ed was designing under her. He he designed board shorts. Eric Diamond. Yeah. Yep. And Eric was supposed to set her up on a date, and he kind of forgot. And I just happened to be there. And and Eric's like, Hey, Melissa, you want to go out with Jeff tonight? And she's like, Sure. And we'd already known each other. Yeah. And we we're friends. And then you know, spark and this that. And the next thing you know, we're still together. And we have two kids. So so you you went going back to the college. You did one year before going on tour. Yep. But then you graduated. So what happened? How did you get I your degree? Never went back to college. You went back to college. I never went back to. College. Never went back to college. No. Okay, so no. you just kind of like took that, finished your career, and then yep. as, as a as a pro. But how did you make that transition when you're like I'm, I'm ready to not do the tour so, for eight months? You know, I, had, I had 
done some programs for Quicksilver. You know, Bruce Raymond was um, the, the international marketing guy, yeah. legendary surfer. Um, he's part of that one Quicksilver ad with, with Kong and Chappie where they're on the car with the Foster's beer. If you can't rock and roll, don't fucking come. Like, so the best. Good. The best ad so good. in the, the, yeah. the history of the surf industry, yeah. right? You know, um, you know, like Kong, like pussy. you know. And I was on tour. He was Kong, and then all of a sudden he was Gary Ge- Elko. Elko. I turned into Elko. Yeah. Right. One of the years, my last year in Geeland, he went out in the jungle with Rob Bain and Barton Lynch and Kong, and they went fucking tropo. Like we didn't see him. Next morning, we're waking up. They come walking through the camp. With bamboo sticks, stark naked. The moose hey, like no parody, a little uh, morning. Some... They just said all they said was good morning, and they just walked by everyone in the camp. Later that day, ayahuasca? later that day, Kong, Kong's back. Fuck Elko, Kong's back. You call me Kong now. I'm Kong. Yeah. You know, and it was cool. It took him going with the boys into the jungle, having an all nighter. Who knows what went on? Yeah. yeah. To reconnect with. Who he is? He Gary Elkerton was fucking Kong. Yeah, Kong. You know, and you go back remember, to that. Remember the um, hot stuff surfboard? Yep. And and he rode for hot stuff. Yeah, yeah. And remember the the Kong fucking the logo. logo. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was like broken surfboards in his hand. Yeah, it's yeah. just a monster. He's a beast. You he know. Is. So he anyways. So where were we? I got lost. I guess. We're talking. We're, so we're going all yeah, over. Yeah, we're, it's all good. It's it's perfect. And I'm spilling beer on myself. Oh. But but no, we were talking. Oh, we were talking about yeah those. It's all good. Those uh, those guys coming back from the jungle and re- rebranding Gary Elko to Kong and, I mean you gotta you gotta live with your, you know identity identity. You know you, you can't, can't. Well, change. Kong kind of you can't suppress who you are. No. Not to talk shit on Kong, but he was Kong. And then he was Hydrolite Elko. <laughs> yeah, he was all... He got Remember? All, no, yeah, he got all... Yeah. Like he got all weird. Disco. He got all disco and weird. Yeah. And then he reconnected. Started wearing Gath, Gath helmets. Yeah, yeah. And doing the hand jives. Yep, yep. And you're like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Yeah, and then he... Yeah. He was like... He's a pure power surfer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was cool to be a part of that and see that, like... Well, the, the bummer is they all had to go up against Kern, which dominated that, like, era of, like, you know, like, surfing when Kong was going for world title. So. Yeah. And he was up against Kern when, I think it was, what, 90? Yeah. When he was coming coming back, and he took a couple years off. Yeah. And he was all, you know, oh, starting, the, from the, starting from the trials. Yeah. And he mashed oh, up with... 91. And he yeah. mashed up against Kong, like, in four finals or something crazy. The Kern won a world title coming from round one. Yeah. Like my first year on tour. Yeah. From round one all the way through, and he won a world title. You talk about how gnarly and taxing. That's like surfing two tours two. in one yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, Kong was in the mix and on yeah. like all a of few that. of the. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, 93, the 93 Pipe Masters, that was the other year I got in the finals. And Kong and Derek were squaring off. Kong. Was it was it was Kong, Derek, and Larry Rios, and Gary had the lead. He had he had Derek, just you know, in in the pressure cooker, and, and Derek was winning the heat. Gary was second, and Larry at the very very end of the heat got a wave that bumped Kong out of the final, right? So Kelly and I got first and second in our semi, 
we're sitting there going, oh God, we're going to go up against Kong and Derek, and it's going to, whoever does better, it's going to decide the world title. Well, Larry comes in and bumps Smoke Kong him. out, right? So now the window opens for Derek. Derek has to get first or second in the final. Wow. And then it's me and Kelly. And then 93, I had had a back injury, so I kind of sat half the season out, kind of had a late run, had a little run. and make, yeah. made, You know, I get a little little cherry at the end of the season making the finals of the Pipe Masters. So I was kind of like, I don't want to factor into anything. But the bottom line was Derek had to get first or second. Wow. So you had world title? Yes. So you had Larry. Larry was going to be Derek's kind of hatchet man. For sure. So he's going to take either me or Kelly out, right? So no matter what, Larry's going to... He's Keep gonna, you off the best waves. He's going to go down, yeah. and he's going to take one other guy with him. So as long as Derek got first or second in the final, Derek wins world title. But so that was that was the scenario going into the final, and I'm sitting there just going, "What do I do?" Like, like this is like a movie script. Like you yeah, just can't write. Gnarly. Can't, it's kind of yeah. gnarly. Like was, you just don't yeah. like, hey, get out there and give your best. Like you got people that are yeah, because throwing a you, wrench. You want to do the best you can. To represent your yourself. Yeah, it's your yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. And and that sets you, it's the end of the year contest. Yeah. So it sets you up for the next year. Yeah. And then I remember paddling out in the final, and Kelly looks at me and goes, I hope both of us don't go off in this final. You kind of said that to me. <laughs> I was kind of, all right, I, get, I kind of get what you're yeah. saying. Like, you want to kind of go off. So, all right, you go have a go at Derek. Right. You know, and then I'm, so the f final goes on, and Derek's fucking on fire. Like he basically yeah. wrapped the thing up in the first ten minutes. Got you know spat out of every barrel. So then I was like, all right. I kind of laid back the first part of the heat. I'm like, all right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have a fucking go at this thing. And I I got under Larry on one wave and I got this barrel that if I would have come out of it, it would have been a ten. It was such a sick barrel. And Derek was actually looking in at it. He was like, oh, oh boo, that was sick. Like, you almost made it. Like you know, it was really oh, cool. But I pretty much I got last in the final. I think I hit the bottom like three or four times. Oh, um, fucking Mary got third. Kelly got second. Derek won. Derek wins Pipe Masters, world title, first Hawaiian. Like, it was pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt cool I ending, felt right? really bad for Gary because I have so much respect for Gary. He's such an amazing surfer. So yeah. he would have won the well, world title, Gary? Well, if Derek, if, if Gary would have made the finals, it would have been a whole other scenario. Okay where Derek would have had to have won, won and Gary would have had to have gotten last and it would have definitely been in Gary's favor. Yeah, got it. But it, w it would so have been... Gary could have won that. The, he could that, have won the year. world title that year in 93. Yeah. And but he Derek, never won one. No. Yeah. So you got Shane Haran, never won one. Shane Beshin, never won one. Machado, never Machado, won one. Machado, Gary Elkerton, those are all guys... Gerlach. Gerlach, those that are all guys so that close. could have won world titles. They were good so enough close. to win world titles. Yeah. And, you know... You look at seasons and the way shit plays out, and Taj. being Taj Burrows, another guy. Yeah, I know his. His is probably like, one of the the worst ones, right? I, Shane Shane Duran definitely poor guy. The number one like bridesmaid, always a bridesmaid, oh, never bride. Yeah. But Taj Burrow is probably so good because all the years that he was on tour and how fucking prolific his surfing yeah, was. Yeah, dynamic, Dynamic, new school, old school, charger, yeah. big wit, you know, like, the whole he package. had the whole package, yeah. Yeah. but never That goes back the to the school, line. the two schools of thought as an athlete, yeah. like there's guys with just amazing talent yeah. that don't give a shit, like a Matt Hoy. Yeah. Amazing talent. Archibald. Could give a rat's ass yeah. about points and doing well. Then you have 
the technicians, the technicians, yeah. like let's let's say, let's like let's use a guy like Mike Parsons, yeah. amazing surfer, but a, amazing competitor, crosses T's, dots eyes, yeah. and then you, you you blend and those two guys that two, those two mindsets can be successful on tour, yeah. but then you blend the two of them. Now you got a Kelly Slater, yeah. Yeah. Michael Jordan, yeah. Wayne Gretzky. You yeah. get guys that are just they're they're competitive freaks and they're freakish talents. Yeah. So there you go. There it there is. Go. Yeah. You know? There's not many of many of those. Those guys. assholes come around every couple decades. You know. <laughs> they're crazy. just they're that assholes. Good. No. You know? It's a, it's a, it's a great to be a part of it and watch and, yeah. and be involved in stuff and. Yeah. So, so when did you? Uh, wrap it up like what what 96? year did you get off 96 was my last year okay because i was on i w- i was making a go at the qs the last couple of years you were on tour on tour yeah and we crossed roads at some of the events yep. like you know throughout whether it's australia yeah. or or durban you know you know some of you would i mean you're going to show up to some yeah. of the big events but yeah and then at that time the tour what used to be one unit that yeah. it split in the qualifying circuit and the main circuit. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you came yeah. on, Tyler. Yeah. A lot of the guys, so Taylor Knox, Rob, Beshin, you know, uh, Machado, like Dorian. Kelly, Dorian, all those guys are a couple of years older. So when I was a a junior doing like the bud tour or whatever yeah yeah they yeah. were all doing like most of the the, tour. the the 44 but we're trying to make that 44 cut but that same year like my senior year is when all i think all of those guys had enough points off because they, they they started taking that qs that that year and they all like deffenbaugh i think and 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 pat o'connell and Taylor Knox and Ron Machado, there was like 10 U.S. Groms, you know, that was that part of that generation that made a tour just doing the the Bud Tour and maybe going to a couple other events. Yeah. yeah. And then Bud Tour dissolved, and then it was like, you got to go scramble worldwide to go get, like, your points. So, you know. That's when the WQS became the WQS. It was, it was literally like they accepted the um, – the, the Bud Tour event. It was a QS. Yeah. But we our domestic tour dissolved to to a point to where like you couldn't have enough points unless you went elsewhere. You know? Got it. Got it, it was kind of it was a very like you had to have a you know good backing or spend a lot of money or, you know, yeah. do really good at home and um but so there was a good it was a good last... change of of yeah. you know, getting a lot of US guys on that tour oh, yeah. within that USA like couple of years. Was dominating for a while mm-hmm. yeah well, your last year was 96 yeah and you you finished that year in ninth ninth that's fucking pretty high yeah not a good run and why why what was your decision to stop like your well, it was kind of a combination of injury you know, I had injuries that were flaring up so i had like i had um bursitis in my ankle like i tore my ankle really bad in 91 pipe had bursitis there, lower back was an issue. I had um, tweaked my MCL surfing uh, restaurants, claw break, or no, restaurants in Tavarua. So when I tweaked my knee in 96, that started affecting my ankle and my back. Cause like, you know, all injuries are, you know, when you have an injury, it goes, your body will go to the next joint yeah. to try and 
You know, so it's like, we go to, yeah, yeah. what's the next joint? Let's go to the ankle. And the ankle's like, uh, you know. So yeah. I just had a lot of swelling, a lot of arthritis and pain. And just, it was just tough. It got, it got really yeah. hard. And I met Melissa and Oakley was my sponsor. And they had offered me a job so, as a sales rep. Not to dig in and be personal, but at the high point of your career, mm-hmm. what, what, what were you making? Pretty fucking good money, right? Probably like quarter of a million dollars a year. Damn! Like between sponsorship, prize money, yeah. You know, for, how, for how long did you do that? You think? Was several years. No, it's good. Good job, buddy. It's it was good. It was solid. Like yeah. fucking but doing what you wanted to do, going around yeah. the world surfing. In real, in like days now, it would be a couple million. Yeah. Equivalent, like if I was the, you know, you know, one of the contenders, the top five guys, yeah. Yeah, no, be but back then it was That's like so hey, it was, amazing, it was rad. But you no, know, it's funny because like I remember the year I got sixth in the world, and I got most improved surfer, and I went to Quicksilver, and and I was like before that they had this thing where it was the if you made the top sixteen, you were this wraparound deal. They wanted to wrap you a hundred percent Quicksilver head to toe. Yeah, um, your salary came from Quicksilver Australia. Uh, with the international, international deal, yeah. not USA. So then, the, you know, I had injuries and I dropped out of that. And then I went back to Quicksilver Domestic and they put me on a smaller program. And the year that I got six in the world, I kind of came back to like Danny Kwok. I'm like, I want my fucking salary back. Right? Yeah. And Danny's like, ah, oh, you know, like I think it was a fluke and I don't think you're ever going to do that again. And I got pissed. And, and that's when I was training with Rob Roland Smith at Quicksilver and I got I was pissed off. Yeah. So the year that I got fourth in the world, you know, I went back into McKnight's office and Bob's just like, fuck yeah, dude, high five. Like, what do you want? What, what do you want? Yeah. You know, I go, hey, you know, salary for top five guys, this. He just looks at me and goes, you got it. Damn. So it was really cool. Like, yeah. And it was, it was because, like. Because at that time they were throwing like big money, not just at Slater because he was. Yeah. The, I mean, Slater know, was he, the guy. He, like, he was that guy. Come on, Kelly's the guy. But then there was other guys like Timmy Curran, who was the next like protege, like Quicksilver yeah, protege. He's going to be the next guy. Because each company tried to hone in that like next They're going to dump a lot of money into this, this next Kelly Slater. Yeah. But here's this workhorse guy. Had some injuries, had some setbacks. But, per, but he got producing. sixth one year, and the next year he comes back with a fourth. And I was in contention for the world title the whole year, Sick. you know. And Bob just goes, "Name your price." Yeah. And that was the coolest thing ever. You're like that. That that Bob, the, the CEO of Quicksilver. Yeah. Just goes, Danny, I'll handle this. Name your price. You've earned it. What do you want? Yeah. And. Because you've been riding for him for fucking... Since I was 16. But not only in a workhorse, but, you know, good attitude, a, yeah. a good person. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and Bob is always... He embodies we, what professional surfing should look Bob's, like. Bob's and going, and going back to your NSSA yeah. days of presenting yourself, and, and, and the fact that you went up and challenged him and asked for that gives all that respect. <laughs> like, you so know what I mean? Nice. How intimidating? Yeah, but just like a buck fifty or something. Like, but just, you know, it, was, it was a reasonable amount like and i've never been a peg yeah you know and i didn't have like the huge marketing vibe i wasn't the darling editorially with the magazine so i didn't have that like leverage yeah but it's just like hey look this is what the top five guys yeah. making and bob's like fuck yeah you've earned it congratulations that, that was the coolest thing i walked out yeah. of that 
meeting going, fuck yeah, that's cool. Like, that's poetic justice. Yeah. Like, I was psyched. That's awesome, dude. And, and, but that's, again, going back to your, like, what you were kind of trained to do at an early age, you know? Yeah. Creating that, you know, yeah. that, you know, um, resume and, you know, yeah. going through those motions, the yeah. portfolio. And that's and without like, any managers. But, and going through the managers. Yeah. Bullshit. No, and no mentor, no manager. people have managers taking cuts. Yeah. But you know, the, the company goes, oh, what did you have to lose? Results. Yeah. Results got hey, you, you got. I'm here. I'm producing. Here. Like, yeah. this is what I feel like I'm valued. Like, yeah, it was pretty straight up. Straight up. It was fair. It's, it's and sick. then I went into the next season, got top 10. And I just got to a point where I'm like, you know, it's hard to be a traveler. Eight months, I've sorry. done things that I didn't ever think I was going to do. And I'm like, kind of like, you either have the fire or you don't. And I was yeah. just kind of like, I'm kind of like, I met this chick and I kind of want to get in the surf industry. Um, I just don't know if I want to live out of bag anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I got some injuries. I'd like to take a little bit of time off and just get things better again. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I look back at that moment, you know, and all the boys like, um, this, this is funny. Like, so How going, old were you? Like 27. So like going back, like let's go back to 95. This is, you know, Aki's everyone's legend hero. And Aki had had his ups, had his downs and this and that. Aki was working his way back, back into the fold, right? So in 95, we had Brazil. Brazil was the last event before Pipe Masters. I got fifth in that contest. And mathematically... I was out of the world title race, right? And Sonny, Sonny got second. Barton Lynch won the final in Brazil. If Sonny would have won the final, Sonny would have been the world champ. Barton Lynch came out of nowhere and went fucking ape shit and took Sonny down. Sonny got second. Me and him were flying on the plane side by side. And Sonny's sitting there going, nah, it's done. I, I, I got this. I got this. Heading into Hawaii, heading in the pipe. I got this. It's fucking done. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm going to be the world champ. Little did Sonny know that Aki was going to get the wild card Pipe Masters. I win. And the wild card goes against the world champ. So Sonny draws Aki in the Pipe Masters in 95. Fuck. Aki took him out. And, and it wasn't like Aki didn't try to take him yeah. out. No. But Aki's a goofy foot. At a 10-foot pipe. pipe. There's no back door. Yeah. And... And, and Aki there's, took him. There's interviews with Aki saying, I tried not to get. Yes. I tried not to win. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. He got every first choice and I just took yeah. whatever, but yeah. every wave came was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So that opened the door and Kelly basically had to get first or second. And then and then Machado was in the mix that year. And that's when Kelly and Machado squared off in the semis and they did the little high hand thing. Yeah. But what's funny is there's there's a backstory to that because if if Machado would have come out of that barrel oh, and not yeah. high five Kelly he would have kicked out had a priority. he would have gotten priority ahead of Kelly yeah. he would have had another opportunity to, to maybe turn the or, heat yeah but Kelly yeah. put his hand up and did I, it, Kelly put his hand up it, though I, you know I, or did Rob put no, his hand up Kelly put his hand up to high five and, and they they had had a pretty um, radical rivalry that year it got yeah, pretty yeah. tense but um i think that i mean this might take it's that two two new school kids going out at hammer and tong getting barreled off their nut on center stage semifinals, going for a world title they're stoked 
Ten for came ten. up, high five the guy, whatever. And some people think, oh, was Kelly was doing tactics, knowing that if Rob high fived him, Rob would be further to the beach. Kelly would get priority. Yeah. I, whatever. Whatever. But that was a rat. I was conspiracy theories are fun to talk about. Yeah. But it bottom was... line, bottom line, Kelly made the finals. Went up against Aki. Kelly won the final. Kelly won the world title. But I was sitting in first class with Sonny Garcia coming back from Brazil, and Sonny's like, nah, it's done. I got it. Radical, radical uh, shit. You know, like, to be so a part but of that. But Sonny won, what, a couple years later? Yeah, a yeah, couple okay. years later, Sonny won. So yeah. he became the second world Hawaiian world champion. Yeah. And very deserving. Like, what yeah. an amazing surfer. But, Dude. you know, th I, those were, that was being, just to be a part of that mix yeah. as a surfer. And the drama, and the, it was pretty Fuck cool. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Because I'm not a Sonny Garcia, and I'm not a Kelly Slater, but to be a part of that yeah. was fucking rad. Booth, I bet. Like, I was stoked. I'm gonna have to say, he's he's the highest rated surfer I think we've interviewed. Maybe. Right. So far. I don't know. Not that we've interviewed a ton of professional surfers, but right yeah. now. You're the top you gotta, of the heat. You got to interview freaking Gerlach or, or Merlin. Gerlach's on the uh, Gerlach's on the, on the, on the on You list. know who Merlin yeah. is, right? Uh, Merlin. Machado. Oh. Merlin the magician. Yeah. Remember he just snaps <laughs> yeah. his hand? Merlin holding the wand. I used to call him Merlin. He's tripped on I didn't know so that. Good. That's yeah. awesome. Merlin. Merlin the magician. But but um, so it's talking about like Sonny and what of like, I mean, a competitive animal and just intimidator that guy was. He was. Buddy, buddy. Yeah, keep going. So I was a Grom, and I, I did a couple of the uh, the events in, um, I think it was the Bud Tour at the time, or Panos, whatever the, the domestic tour was. And they yeah. had a couple of events, and there was one on the West Coast, or West Side. It was Malia Point, but the final was Miley at Point. Miley Point. Yeah, Sunny's and then, backyard. And then they would they would host at uh you know um makaha as a quarter semis finals they couldn't run the whole event there got it and then there was one on the north shore that was kind of mobile as far as like you know hey we're gonna just we have whatever spots going off we're gonna like you know move oh yeah like chun's like kelly won the event at chun's reef one year or something so i got i remember getting um this was at turtle bay on the on the east side the crazy like the craziest like where how it ended up there because nothing else so was what breaking. Did Sonny do to you? <laughs> no, he didn't do anything. But I had a couple heats previous with him, and I had a good relationship. But like, there was a couple other like an Australian or Cali guy, you know. But what happened is you got paired up with somebody. Yeah. And if you both won the heat, then you both advanced to the next round, and you had that same, you know, the 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 priority didn't shuffle. So whatever you advance okay, with, yeah. you That's, stuck. You're married with that. You're partner. married with that yeah, partner. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's this. I'm on the North Shore, and I'm 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 partnered up. I get into the the round two. Like I don't, I have no seed. I keep making heats, and I get into round two with Sonny. He was the you know him and I don't even know some other surfer, and you know he's just like huffy and puffy, and. Is Lark talking about himself again? No, I'm talking about Sonny. And he was talking... Through himself. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking He was talking about, like, 
you don't paddle for a wave I paddle for. Uh-huh. You know, like yeah. you don't sit on the inside of me. Like no. you sat here and you sat over here Absolutely. and you get the scraps. Yeah. So I'm like, just tell me what, what, which wave. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of played a decoy for him, you know, yeah. but I was also using it to my advantage and I ended up like advancing like a couple heats with him. You're like the little Remora with a and, shark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Spike, hey, Spike, what do you want me to do? And just... <laughs> But it was just like, you know, as a, a little grom, and I'm like, dude, I'm up with Sonny. This yeah. guy's a man. This guy's a freaking, like, you know, you're just intense. But he sat where he wanted to sit. He didn't look at any waves until as soon as he, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, hey, let me know which one you don't want. Sonny, <laughs> like, it's funny. So, like, Sonny. But, but it worked out to my advantage because yeah. the other guys were just, they knew there was no choice. They're taking off on every little insider wave yeah. and trying to scrap and I was get this whatever. Alley guy rolling with Sonny on his, as his wingman. <laughs> so like it's funny because like Sonny, Sonny used to come hang at, at my house in Laguna, with my parents' house. He had this Camaro IROC, a white Camaro Sick. IROC with a roll cage in it, racing slicks, and we used to drive up his windy hill, just fucking power slide. Sonny was such a gearhead, loved to go fast, but. He would tell me stories about Dane's. Like he idolized Dane for Kiloa. Sure. Dane Kiloa. Yeah. And Un- Dane, unsung hero. Oh my God, Dane's amazing. Dane should have been the first wine world champ. Yeah. He was that good. He, he had yeah. some stuff work against him with the yeah. tour and blah blah blah, whatever. But Dane recognized Sonny as his heir apparent. Yeah. But he was really hard on Sonny, and he wouldn't acknowledge Sonny, and he, he just and Sonny was. It, it, it ground on him. But, but Sonny would tell me stories like Dane won't even acknowledge me at back door. He won't give me the time of day. But at the same time, that was Dane's way of saying, like, you're my predecessor. This is what I you're, do. You're you got to do it. Yeah, because yeah. that's the way I was taught. Yeah. And that's the only way I'm going to teach you the same way. I mean, it's the school of hard knocks. But that was one part, you know, that he used to tell me about, about back door. But the other part, like, Sonny would be like, Let's find the shittiest wave and let's go fucking spar and try and rip the shit out of the shittiest wave we can find. Nice. And that that was Sunny. Like, and you think about yeah. how well Sunny surfed at Sandy Beach. Yeah. How well Derek Ho surfed at Sandy Beach. Like, so. It wasn't just he was, dominating the good he waves and pipe. It was one foot to 20 foot. Yeah. Like, all around. Yeah. It but was hungry. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Like, what he was looking for and waiting like and i i was introduced to sunny when i was like my first nssa trip back in like 81 82 rail sun introduced us so the nssa surfed against the hsa a little in makaha and rail sun introduced me to sunny and sunny sits down and he looks at me and he punches me in the arm he's like what you spar <laughs> and i punched him back in the arm i'm like no i don't <laughs> But like Sonny lived in Waianae, and he used to get his ass kicked. Like yeah. Sonny get beat up, come home with black eyes, wow. wouldn't go to school. Like he, you tough. know, it's rough and tumble tough. over there. But that rough exterior was the, like the nicest, yeah. most kindest, genuine person like I've ever met. And like you know, he come to Laguna and introduce me to the girls, and like like he's just like a cool, cool cat. And I, yeah. You know, yeah. Sonny would come surf Thaley Street on like a 
a windswell and winner and everyone tough, be freaking tough out. in the competition as you know as you need to be because that's yeah. you know and you got to live up to that hawaiian expectation yep but yeah. at, at the end of the day good dude but, I mean, he's, good friend yep. like you know like hey this this he just know. said the coolest raddest things too yeah like, he's got a lot of quotes where you're like fuck man he's real that guy was well real and like competitive yeah competitive. like oh, he yeah. was like yeah. that that you remember in surfers the movie mm-hmm. where he's like yeah I like i like i like surfing competition because i you know i like seeing people's faces when i beat them <laughs> you know how fucking awesome yeah. is that so and then, true yeah. and then you know in stab um but then in he... that stab vans thing where they did the lions and kittens yeah 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 you know how cool is that that's his quote it's like Hawaii, you know, you have to prove yourself in Hawaii because you you either look like a lion, you know, and charge and surf big waves, or you don't and you're a kid. And the the fact that they held the triple crown equally with the world title. Oh, yeah. And that that was, if not even more, you know, like. But look at at Sonny's upbringing. You got the the Buffalo Kailana, Brian and Rusty. Fuck. You got Bird Mahalona. Yeah, you got, you got Johnny Boy uh, Gomes. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Dan Kaloha. Yeah. I mean, whoa. You got that. What, yeah. what, like, that's royalty that he royalty. worked yeah. his way through and got conked down, yeah. checks and balances. But, like, Ica, he represented yeah. Ben Ipa, Aquila. Yeah, like, he, but he represented that crew of people, like, pretty major, yeah. like, yeah. gnarly guy. But, like, yeah, to hang, like, I go back to. Let's find the shittiest wave and see how hard we can rip on the shittiest piece of wave. Yeah, that's like, cool. That he that got him stoked. Yeah, that's so, fucking so, awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's what I true, do. That's a true competitor <laughs> and and somebody that just like I surf the shittiest wave possible. Yeah, I mean, well, but this show is not about Sunny or me. It's uh, about Jeff motherfucking Booth. Oh, here comes the F bombs. So um, we're we're getting to the point where uh, we're we gonna talk about Bali. Not yet. <laughs> We're gonna talk about how you transition out of uh, oh. out of the world hey. tour. Hey, because it's five twenty-four. You better you better call the. Well, boss. yeah, we're gonna leave pretty soon, I guess. I don't know. We'll finish. We'll finish soon. But um, yeah. Like I, so, yeah. So, Oakley offered me a job, sales rep for Oakley. That's where we met. Yeah. Um, so I basically went from surfing the Pipe Masters in November, December how, of How 96. did that come about? You were riding for Oakley. I rode for Oakley, and John Wilson was the rep. He was going to become the sales manager. And they're like, hey, look, we know you want always want to get in the surf industry. Do you want to be the rep? And I was just like, whoa, what a great opportunity. And you were what, 28? 27. 27. So I basically retired from tour. I went to Quicksilver and said, hey, here's what I'm doing. And they're like, cool. Like, You can be a regional team rider. I'm like, look, I'll still be going in the shops as Quicksilver guy. So I, you know, dropped my salary way down and became a worker. And I was servicing surf shops for Oakley from L.A. down to San Diego. It's um, big territory, too. Yeah, it was big. So, Small for back then because there wasn't as many shops. But, yeah, like all of a sudden from – so it was like December I was, like, hanging up my jersey, went to the banquet – had a little speech. It was like Simon Law and Kong, Kong. <laughs> uh, we we were all kind of retiring at that point. And then in January, I was servicing accounts. 
What a trip, huh? I remember walking in a ZJ boarding house, sitting in the parking lot, white knuckled, like more scared to go into the store than I was to like surf 12 foot pipe. Really? I was freaked out. That was your first appointment? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, the, the pro surfer guy that got the cushy sales rep job. Like how a lot, lot, lot of weight, a lot of, lot of things to prove, yeah. a lot of... With Todd yeah. and Mikey. Yeah, but walking into enemy territory, it's like, duh, I'm you got to yourself. Like, I don't care what ranking you are. How are you as a sales rep? You're yeah. going to help us make money. You're going to take care of us. Like, so that was wild. But then, like, you know, then Did I... Did you, you, you felt that? You oh, thought that? And not just from them. It was everyone. Yeah. Like, and then six months into but, it, you have an unfair advantage over regular mortals. <laughs> no, but he did. I don't know. What I mean, the, I didn't know what I was doing. Because Boothy, Boothy, you're a smart individual. You, well, I tried. Fuck it. 4.0. You graduated 4.0 yeah. in high school. That's something to say. Yeah. And you're an intellectual, like I said. You're yeah. intellectual. You're smart. And you're you were number four in the motherfucking world, dude. So your your credibility yeah. for the brand, Oakley, was on yeah. fire. They were on fire. So, fire. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. listening to you say you were white-knuckling scared makes me laugh. It's yeah, a new it's frontier, a, and you're, yeah. you're... But but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but after six months, someone you, goes, someone comes up to me, and sorry to interrupt you, they go, i got to hand it to you. You're doing pretty well. There were some bets out on you that you weren't going to make it this far, but... Good job. Keep it going. Wow. Yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I was like, that was like winning a contest right there. Boothie, yes. me working at HSS and and meeting you as a rep, I was like, my first uh like, what are you thought, doing? What are you doing in here? Yeah. Well, no, no. Right? My first thought, I knew you were going to be the rep for Oakley. I was like, yeah. fuck, it makes sense to me. Tell me about the UV protection on these shades. Make eight. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it makes sense to me. Iridium means. I don't and, know. And don't what is know. metal X? What is X metal? <laughs> what what the fuck's an X metal, bro? The the, re, the What do you mean the movie X Men? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. X-Men wasn't even I wasn't even yet. then yet. Yeah, it wasn't even happening then. Yeah. No, it was uh But you crushed inti- it. it was you knocked it out of the park. But you go from like being a master of your craft to being a complete fucking rookie. Yeah. It's intimidating. Yeah. It is. And then and then you're going into other people's worlds like Instead of like you being the guy where people are asking for your autograph, you're going having to I need switch that order. roles. Going <laughs> on time. What can I do to make your business better? Like you, you're you're in the service industry yeah. now, where before everything's coming at you. Now yeah. you got to go at them. Yeah. And, and, and it was like that took a while. It yeah. really did. It was like kind of freaky. It, it like, whoa, this is the surf industry. I was only on one part of it. Yeah. Now I'm on I'm on the business side of it, and this is about helping brands and, and yeah. so helping not, shops move the needle not to name any names did, did was there any buyers or owners that like were dicks? didn't accept you or like a little bit a little bit of this a little bit of that there's some people that bet, bet against me that all openly said i gotta hand it to you i bet against you and uh i lost some money but i'm stoked on you so that's cool keep it up kid you know yeah <laughs> i was like well, yeah. I didn't know there was bets out on me. Yeah, that's the fuck up. Yeah, but was it was it was it a shock because of you know just getting paid to surf all day versus having to go hustle? You yeah, know? and then yeah. and then now it's less time out of the water, more working. Yeah, like I mean, it's yeah, a it's tough transition. transition. It, was, it was tough. Yeah. Tough. Because I mean, let's face it, it's not rocket science. No, 
but it's half of it's showing up. It's showing up, yeah. but also caring and, and understanding, following uh, that account, right? Yeah. The business. But what I learned about retailers is when you walk into a surf shop, you step into their world. Yeah, that's their universe, and they're in charge, and you're your visitor. If you walk into their universe, all guns blazing, you're gonna get vaporized. Yeah, and I got vaporized a couple of times yeah. because. I had to learn. I was like a little dog that just got its nose rubbed and shit. You know, I came in, I knocked a bunch of shit over, pissed a bunch of people off, and you're like, you get tuned. Yeah. You know? And they're they're sitting there going, oh, there's the pro surfer with the, you know, and now he's got the cushy jaw. We're going to show him. We're going to, you know, we're going to, you know. Challenge you. So I got a lot of feedback that wasn't necessarily nice feedback. Yeah. And part of me sitting there going, why would you shit on these people that, Represented these brands that co- created the demand to cause people to walk into your store asking for these products. It's a two-way street. Why would you turn around and shit on these people? Yeah. Because now they want a job to work in the surf industry. Yeah. So I, I had a little bit of a chip. Like it took me a while to understand it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you get through it. You get over it. You break bread. You become friends, and you just all right. Yeah. I'm here. I'm a worker. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you make money. It surprises me that. You, you confronted that kind of thing, honestly. I, I got it. For, yeah. Straight up. I mean, yeah. it surprises up. me and it doesn't, but because of yeah. who you are and yeah. how you present yourself, yeah, I, it, it makes me... But uh, some people are small and that's their world and their fiefdom and they want to be the big swinging dick in yeah, their little world yeah. and they don't care and, yeah. and they want to shit on people. And like you, you learn to... like what working in the industry really taught yeah. me is you learn the psychology of people yeah. and you under what you, you understand like, who is this person? What makes them tick? How can I take, you know, you yeah. know and both of you guys know we're, we're all in sales yeah. and you kind of learn that. Like I'm what, in the service industry now. What's comforting to me though. And I'm super lucky that I'm in this industry is cause like, I think when you, are authentic and you can surf. I've got a lot of beers. Hey, when you can surf, right? Yeah. It helps. How much more respect do you get? Oh God. That's what I'm saying. Like, doors, the doors open. The up. doors, doors open. open. Like when you go, yeah. when when you surf with somebody and and you know, if I, if at HSS, working as a buyer and and meeting people that worked in the industry, I write them off if they don't know how to surf. <laughs> why wouldn't you you know what, yeah. are, what are you doing here yeah it's like wait you work for this brand that you you don't wait all right well yeah. your order is not as good as this guy's yeah. order yeah. sorry Ru- well <laughs> i came out off of pro surfing and got a job with ruka and ruka obviously was like we're gonna do fashion and we're gonna do skate and we're gonna do surf and i'm a surfer and it was it was challenging and i had accounts that weren't surf accounts and i didn't tell them i surfed yeah for years and then all once like of course like other reps you know other people were like oh you don't know who that guy is i mean five eight years ten years of dealing with the account they're like i didn't know you surfed i'm like <laughs> why would it matter i'm yeah. here to service your account like yeah your fashion account like, yeah like i'm here to service your account i had one skate account that says if you don't drop in on this ramp in fucking rip we're not buying from you (laughs) it was a fucking legit like half pipe in a warehouse like and i'm like it was it was like paddling out a pipe on your second reef day and be like i'm fucking going you're like can i do a layback like like, (laughs) no like does bertleman's count because there's nobody in the lineup it was just me there's no hassling they're like you're fucking better like or 
and and they were dead serious. I won't name the account, but I respect them. And I'm like, I go, I skate a little bit, yeah. you know. Was this 118? No, muy poquito. No. Yeah. All right, and, you have uh, to tell me. But, uh, I tried to guess. No, it was in Arizona. It's Cowtown. Oh, I'll those guys. Yeah, yeah, Cowtown. Yeah, Cowtown. Yeah, Shane. Yeah. But uh, no, it was fucking amazing. And at the time, I was terrified not to fucking blow it, but, you know, did a, I, I pulled it. They ordered. <laughs> <laughs> but. You didn't break a leg. I didn't break. But going back to like. Credibility. Credibility, you know? Like, no, I mean, I got authenticity this. goes a long way. <laughs> it does. Right? Yeah. So, so Oakley, I don't rip. right? Yep. How long did you do Oakley for? I was there for like three years. Then I started working for Quicksilver. Um, and then at that time, you know, I was kind of like... On the marketing side though, right? Kind of like retail marketing. Okay. Then I worked my way up to um, like director of sales working under Tom Holbrook, which was great experience. Tom's freaking awesome. Yeah. He was probably one of the best mentors, mentors. in the industry you could yeah. ever ask for. Um, OG. So that was awesome. Like, that was great. So that was, that worked. And then things changed. There was a guy that was in marketing, Quicksilver. He had some challenges. And then they asked me to kind of run marketing for a year. And so I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm up for a challenge. So I took the role and, you know, I'm having to manage guys like Strider. So wait, you were doing sales. Yeah, I left sales and went to marketing. Okay. So I was having to manage guys like Strider. Um, and basically every single person that comes to Bob McKnight that wants something and then Bob's like hey go to marketing you know and then you're so you're trying to like do all this research just to say no politely to people and it was it was like I kind of realized like this isn't my trip like marketing is not for me marketing's I mean, you're, you're dealing with athletes, you're dealing with managers, you're dealing with budget and, and travel expenditures and, and travel yeah. and all this other, there's so many distractions. I have like 2000 unread emails and I was getting anxiety and I just realized like, this isn't my deal. And there was a bunch of people that were complaining and they're going up to Bob and it was just like, fuck How, this. What, this is not this? cool. This is like, um, 2005. Yeah. Which was the height of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So there's pressure. Yeah. You know? And it just it just got so to, much pressure. Yeah. It got to the point where it wasn't fun. And and I was re I kinda realized like sales is my gig. It's like the tour, you're chasing points, you're you know, you're you're going <laughs> after true. something, you're setting a goal and you're going after yeah. it. And that makes more sense for me. This marketing you, thing. You you you, yeah. you hit the you hit the plateau. the rating, the plateau, yeah. you get you know, like, yeah. You're, there's like no comfort zone. Fred, there's no comfort yeah. zone. I'm dealing with Fred Patachia's dad, and he's like, I don't like Fred's part in The Young Guns. And I'm like, fuck, I'm sorry, but I didn't edit that movie. Like, yeah. That's not my trip. But yeah. you're the marketing guy. I don't like Fred's part. You know, you're dealing with stuff like that. Yeah. And, and no disrespect, but I just got to a point where I'm like, yeah. fuck this. Yeah. You know what? Like The minutia of that. Yeah, I don't want to deal on that level anymore. Like, that's, if, if I'm going to be on tour, I want to be on tour putting a jersey on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't want to be dealing with someone's dad yeah. that's yeah. not happy about their son's part. Well, like, well, that's not my trip. Like, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. You know, and, and like. What, it, what, what about looking at all the salaries and go, I serve fucking better than half these guys. <laughs> and they're getting paid this much. Tell yeah. me. Yeah. You know, you tell look me. At it and you just, look at it and you're like, yeah. why, you guys? Yeah. Like, are you fucking. No, like, how many times did you want to go, hey, <laughs> why don't you fucking look at your 
body of work and accept what you have. No, <laughs> it's it's hard. It's right? hard because it is hard. Yeah, yeah. Because like in any negotiation, the athlete wants X, the company yeah. wants to pay lower than that, and somewhere in the middle, if you you always know you have a good negotiation when both parties are pissed off slightly. That's when you know you have a good deal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it, it just got really hard. It, I For just sure. realized it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm like, if I'm going to deal with all these athletes at this capacity, I'd rather be an athlete myself. Yeah. For sure. You know, and I, I blood, sweat, and tears had a great career. Uh, I just don't want to go back into this level anymore. So yeah, you did that I started look. It was a year. And, and I started looking elsewhere. And there's an opportunity. But you were at Quick for how long? About I was at Quick. Working for the company. As a worker from 99 to 2005. That's a long Six time. Six years, yeah. So then I, opportunity, Billabong came up, and I took it. You know, and I was like the first guy. How crazy was that, though? I was the, from, that was like from Russia. Russia USA, versus America. Cold War shit. Yeah, yeah. And nobody left Quicksilver at the time. And, you know, I had just gotten to a point where I got, I backed myself into a corner. I didn't have to take that job. I could have stayed with Tom Holbrook. I could end up being a VP of sales if I would have just stayed the course. But I kind of felt like I wanted to try something different at the time. And I tried it and it just, I, it just wasn't my cup of tea. And so Billabong needed a sales manager and I went over there and I was there for like eight years. I mean, I was at Billabong from 2005 to 2013. Yeah. And I was with Nade and through the glory years, like it was rad, you know, and, and, and seeing a company that dealt differently, like, um, Quicksilver was all, you know, they used to tout the champagne lifestyle and, and, you know, I remember at a point where Quicksilver was like, Oh, we're not going to live the champagne lifestyle anymore. But you know, a lot of overheads, a lot of extra, extra, extra. They yeah. took care of a ton of people, a great, great company, great employer. But Billabong, a lot more um, laser guided, a lot more discipline, less overhead. It was just, it was probably more regimented um, or more disciplined, I guess would be a better word to say it. But it was cool. Like, I, I learned a lot. I got a lot of responsibility, got to, you know, spend Billabong's money buying product and all that kind of shit. Um, then basically that kind of ran its course where Paul was trying to. By the company and take it private. Um, there was a personality as a CEO, as this gal Lana Inman, and her and Paul didn't really get along. Um, oh yeah. And so basically, when Paul got to a point where he didn't want to buy the company back, um, basically Lana came in and they they got rid of all of Paul's hires. So in North America, they took out like 12 of us in one day because those were all Paul's people, right? Yeah. And then the HR lady was like, look, no offense, but here's what's going on. So, you know, then Snook opportunity popped up. So I was there for five years as our sales manager. And that was a great experience working for a footwear company. So, you know, like kind of quickly, like that was kind of my deal. It was Quicksilver, Billabong, Snook. Mm -hmm. um, and currently I'm working at Flohos. I'm their sales manager and um, been there about two years. And things are going good, you know. It's um, the saddle market's tough. There's a lot of a lot of players, but just plugging away, you yeah. know, things are going good. Still, you know, most importantly, living the lifestyle. Yeah. Like the whole reason why I left the tour was I just wanted to work in the industry and be a servant. You know, use my credibility, be a good guy, work in the industry, and 
try and give back, keep it authentic, keep yeah. it real core, you know, and, and the only way to do that is to have real deal people working in the industry. Hell yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's been kind of the gist you, of our show. And Well, not just that, but just you, you look at what's happened in the industry in the last like, you know, decade or so. And there's been a lot of outsiders coming in, not really understanding Who things up. Yeah, fucking things up. Not really understanding <laughs> that, like, most people call it guerrilla marketing, you know, just because that's an easy, like, kind of like yeah way. But it's it's all about staying core and and representing like what we want to do, where we grew up, what we want the shops to 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 sustain as you know, like being true. And you got these brands or investors or people coming in and fucking shit up. And it's like, you know, being authentic is how, you know, this is like this industry is going to like survive, you know. Well, there's the old term core is poor. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, you look at our industry. It depends on what your. Yeah. What your end goal. What your end goal. The brands were privately held. Yeah. And then they went public. Yeah. Silver was the first one to go public. And then. You know, Rip Curl, Billabong, everyone went public, and then Volcom, and, and then everyone, everybody, Oakley, everyone yeah. started delisting, and then it turned to private equity, and that's where we are today. Yeah. We're a bunch of brands that are owned by private equity, and that's sort of the reality of our industry. So, you talk about, you know, the first thing we saw were, you know, CFOs coming in. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, then then the IT thing comes in and. You know, there's all these outsiders coming in trying to run a business. Yeah. And you have these visionaries that, you know, created these brands for the love of it. But then they need to, they just need to evolve and they need to, you know, they need to get more professional. And so it's sort of a natural progression of business. Yeah. You know, so here, here's our world. We don't have, what is it, Rip Curls, maybe one of the only pr- publicly held companies. Everything else owned by private equity look at yeah board writers is quicksilver billabong ruka xl blah blah yeah. you know or xl's yeah. spun off but you know what i'm saying roxy yeah. that they're all like like who would have ever thought one company that owns them. that yeah. one company is going to own quick and billabong yeah like who would have ever thought that yeah there's 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 i mean i think we we're talking with somebody and we're like looking at all the all the companies within action sports that that have a a foothold that are saying 90% of them are held by an equity firm yep. and not independent, you know, and oh, that's yeah. scary, you know, so you got the Oak tree that handles, you know, quick billabong Ruka and all of them. And you got Altamont, which owns, you know, another fair share of a, a lot of, you know, significant brands and then you got VF corporation and then you got VF yep. and yeah, I mean, and now you're seeing, um, guys, you know, like, Kelly starting his, you know, partnering up some people, starting his own deal. You got Dane, Dane Reynolds, you know, starting yep. his own thing. And you got John John, you know, partnering up with the Hurley family and starting his own thing. And I think that's that's true. It should be athlete owned, you know. And I think that's where a lot of companies made their mistake is, you know, bringing outsiders instead of bringing up that the generation below them and, and, and kind of, you know, creating not just a, 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 a career for those, you know, because, I mean, we're kind of part of that legacy of, you know, these people brought, you know, built this company and we're, we're able to kind of like tap yeah. in and, and grow. There's yeah. not a lot of opportunity for the, that next generation of 
pro surfers or industry kids at the surf shop level or whatever, or maybe they even graduate and they have a degree, how hard it is for them to get into this yeah. this industry. Like, no, it's, it's gnarly. A lot the of, industry's changed a lot. A lot, of, lot of opportunity that isn't available for, for the people that you actually, that care about it and they want to bring in and succeed and, 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 yeah. and, and kind of rejuvenate that. But what's cool though, you go into this, like hardcore surf shops. Yeah where you smell wax and there's sand <laughs> on the floor and like it's like a proper hard good like those people are living it bad to the bone like they are not going to change what they do and they're just they're just going to have to chop and change on the brands that they bring in their store yeah for sure yeah it's pretty simple yeah there's no shortage of brands out there you know they can yeah, make money right. and they could chase the trend or they could try to stay yeah. you know rootsy like, you to some of the legacy Visla, brands you look at what Visla's done i mean that was paul yeah. All realize like, look, I want a, I want a smaller company, privately held that I control. I don't want to have to answer to the man. Yep. Yeah. You know, we're the dog is gonna wag its tail. The yeah. tail's not gonna wag the dog, sort right. of thing. Yeah. So you're seeing it go from this big public private equity, and now you're starting to see yeah. different permutations. Yeah. So, I mean, we're one of the last industries. You, you look at lumber yards and hardware stores and you see all this consolidation yeah um homogenization for like sure our industry is still pretty freaking special yeah and then you look at what the surf shops have done it's like a lot of them smart ones a huge part of their business is private label yeah yeah you know it's, as it should be yeah 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 I and we, we've talked to surf shops all the time and it's not shops that just started up three years ago or five years although we do have a couple but it's it's like guys that have weathered heritage you know 30, 40 years, yeah. they've gone through recessions and depression, you know, like, you know, 2008 or whatever, yeah. but like, or they've gone through the, you know, the brands that have, that were at the top of the, the totem pole, but then now are non-existent, you know, yeah. so they've had to adapt. And I think those, those ones that have, you know, weathered the storm and adapt, they kind of get it, you know? Yeah, no, there's been a definite culling of the herds. Yeah. There's a lot of shops that have gone out of business. And this whole COVID thing, oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. It's been radical. What's, radical. But what's the strong, crazy? The strong are surviving. Yeah. And what's crazy, Booth, like, fast forward today, COVID and pandemic and the the uncertainty of, of the way of life and how the silver lining in, in, in COVID is surfing is as strong as it's ever been and the, the most some some shops have had the best months they've had in, in their years. existence and all hard goods yeah. hard goods yeah. yeah so it's 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 crazy because you know yeah we always want to look at the silver lining and and we're seeing it and that trickle you know hard goods always trickles down to everything else right yep. And, and because of, of uh, COVID, you know, the alternative is surfing and skateboarding. And yeah, individual shops. sports. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Healthy outdoor, yep. you know, camping, biking, surfing, skateboarding. And our, our industry is, is, had, is, is the benefactor of what's going on, right? And our surf shops, the brick and mortar, the independents, they're prospering, you know, because of this. And... You know, we had uh, high tech on this week. They're on the Wait, podcast. Kim? Were you talking to Kim? Yeah, he's yeah. rad. And you know, there's no fucking tourism. Yeah. In Hawaii, 
There's no tourism in Maui. And they're able but to survive because of locals and because of what they supply to the community, which is not what you could get anywhere else. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So all the malls and all the, you know, corporate. Fast all the fashion. Wank. Yeah. It's all the wank. All, all the, the wank. fast fashion. Yeah. 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 So it's a, a good time for us yeah. and a good time for surfing. And, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, a, a bright light at the end of this, you know, dark tunnel in our times, you know, like we, we're going to pull out of this yeah. and it's going to be, I feel like it's, you know, those that are staying core, those that are presenting products that are relative, those that are, you know, diversified are going to, are going to pull it off for sure. The old saying, Billabong's got the best tagline ever. Only a surfer knows the feeling. Like, yeah, I feel super lucky and fortunate to be a surfer yeah. because you know you, you could be the big, still living in the you'd be the big swing and dick the senior vp at a surf company that's never never surfed in your life so sad and like i look at those people so sad and it's like hey good for you that you've ascended this high yeah on the company ladder but i feel really sorry for you that you've Fuck. never ridden a wave you don't know what i feel and you know what i don't want to say shame on you yeah. it's just i uh, I feel sorry for yeah. you. Yeah. Like, I don't care how much yeah. money you make, how many bonuses and stock options you get. You've never felt what I've felt riding a wave. Yeah. And that's that's the part. Like, no one can ever take that away from me. But or it, you or you. It's I like, know. we own that. Like, that's ours. And that's the beauty about being a surfer. Yeah. And, like, and that's part of our culture that... Those people hey. are outsiders, and yeah. they'll never be in our bubble. I'm no. sorry. And then when you, and, <laughs> and, we, they, and really, when, they, their na- their days are numbered. And, you know but, I mean? Yeah, and when you're always numbered. And when you want to schedule a, uh, can, you know, uh, a sales meeting offsite at a good wave or something special, and do something back to give to your employees, you know that is going to be, hey, the price might be here, but we're giving back. We're budgeting out to take care of, you know, what the kids. And yeah. the people want like being yeah. able to have the leaders of the company that are surfers they're like we are gonna budget this we're gonna fly people and we're gonna do a little sales meeting whether it's state down the state down the city whatever maybe we're going out of town those days they're not around anymore and it's you got now and now you got money, it's yeah. all about bottom line and you got unhappy yeah. employees are like dude we used to get we used to do cool stuff we used to be yeah. part of a, a bigger family and like, you know, a bigger thing and bigger idea. And now it's like penny pinch and it's, 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 well, definitely... it's business. It's one-on-one business for yeah. sure. You know, and that's, unfortunately that's just, that's the reality. And that's why some of these people exist in our worlds. Like you need, you need good CFOs. Yeah. You need good money managers. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need, you need that, but you also need to have culture, culture and authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you need a work environment where, you know, you got employees that are waving the flag and not be like, oh, I got to take a sick day or, hey, I'm getting cut. You know, and of course that happens when yeah. the economies are well and the brand's doing well. And, you know, again, it comes back to the CFO and how to manage it and bottom line, you know, all of that's the bigger picture. But going back to the roots of like what we're about, like, what do we want to do? We want to make enough to provide for a family and go on a surf trip and surf. You know, like, and I feel like that's what most people are, why they work in this industry is like, you want to be able to pay the bills, save some money and go on surf trips or surf. So, or try to out surf your kids. Well, so yeah, (laughs) I was just going to say, I hate to cut this off because there's so much more to talk about with you. Yeah. But we're at three hours and 13 minutes. Wow. (laughs) 
Jeez, sorry. No. No, that's what we want. I mean, we want to talk I have so as many much more story. Questions. Yeah. Right now, best surf trip? Tavaru. Okay. Uh, best tour event? G-Land. Okay. Second place? You're going to take second G-Land. place? Yeah. What Reunion Island. What? What? Yeah, G-Land. What? Wave good on the baguettes in Reunion Island now, and good bread. Yeah, wine, what, wine. What wave on the planet should be on the tour? This is rapid questions. Three, G-Land. two, one. I don't one. know. G already on there, but uh, hopefully okay. it comes Tavira. back. Tavira. Yeah. Bring it, bring Tavi back. Bring Tavi back. Come on. Uh, best travel companion. Uh, Luke Egan. Awesome. Solid. Uh, favorite drink? Oof. Booze. Wine. Wine. Red. Red wine. Yes. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Uh. When did you... I was on a roll, bro. I know you were. Ta- uh, what's your daughter's name? Tess. Tess. She's older than... No, no, she's younger. She's Tra- younger than... Travis is older. Okay, Travis is older. When did you get them into surfing? Oh, like six, seven years old. Wow, okay. Yeah. And they both fucking rip. They both rip. Yeah. They're gnarly. That's awesome. Congratulations. And Travis's going to school he's going to college right now saddleback nice. and uh he's last year he traveled we sent him to fiji for like three months he was a boatman and doing volunteer work so awesome chip off the old block yep tess oh, is gonna be a senior this they're year both regulars both regular foot. Yes. what happened my, my wife snowboards regular foot so it's all her fault uh, yeah. i got screwed damn Melissa. i got screwed on that chad was my uh boat boat guy when i was there Sick. yeah I he got kicked off Tavi. We're on Nomotu. Oh, he, you're on Nomotu yeah, with him? Yeah. He comes over because they had a big crew and they're rotating. But because they're like, hey, go over to Nomotu, help out over there. Yeah. And then we'll bring him back. Yeah. So I got to hang with him. That's epic. sick. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he had a good experience. That was really good for him. I mean, like six boards, yeah. a giant duffel bag, and a backpack. It's like, get out of here, kid. Yeah. All right. Last question. Yeah. What's the last oh, question? Oh, my gosh. Who is the best scooter driver ever? Oh my god. <laughs> Made. 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 Made Cabellia. So Lyndon, Lyndon, <laughs> so we we went to Bali for Lockie's Bobby Lockhart's 40th birthday. Yeah. 40. And Lyndon and I hooked up. So he was the driver. He he had the little BMO thing. I held the boards and then just freaking wrap my arms around us. Don't fucking crash, Lyndon. <laughs> so every morning we'd wake up at dawn and just go to Ulu's. And I called him Made, Mike. You know. And I called him Jetboat. Jet, yeah. My name, Jet-bo. my name in uh, in a uh, in a uh, Bali's Jetboat. 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 Yeah, Jetboat. And no. Made. Last question, Laura. It's up to you. Um, so that's your second name. Made. Made. Chucky yeah. Made. Um, I got one Jack more. Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Any... Geronimo. <laughs> Geronimo. <laughs> um, I would say like. Any inspiration to like the you know people listening about like career choices or or like you know go, you know coming you know from a career which obviously are special being a surfer and going within the surf industry but anybody that's out there looking to you know do a career and or you know have second guess on like what to do I just think I mean wherever wherever you gravitate towards go for it and don't be intimidated because you probably know more than all the other people um, that are in that in that zone Um, and find a mentor you know listen learn Um, don't just think you know it all 
Um, I think that the younger generation that I see, they, they, they come in all guns blazing. It's like, look, there's a lot of people who have been doing shit for a long time. They know a lot. Yeah. Tap into their knowledge and be humble and be a good listener and be a good learner and, and be, uh, ask questions, and, ask questions, yeah, ask and questions, be directed. And, yeah. you know, people respect that your elders respect that, you know, when, when you come into the scene and just want to take over and out with the old in with the new, yeah. ain't going to work. Yeah. yeah. You know, so don't rub shoulders, ask questions and, and, and try to, you know, improve. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Don't be a coop. Yeah. Wow. Hey, <laughs> I like that. Jeff, Jeff, boo. You're, you're not a kook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jack Sparrow. Where do we get Jack Sparrow from? Uh, I don't know, but so Lockie again. Yeah, he's always the focal point of debauchery. <laughs> so Slater Surf Ranch. Oh, yeah, organized right. that for his fiftieth. Yep, yep. And you're running around with your face painted, like two stripes on each cheek, with a black stripe down the nose, running around the whole day playing ping pong. Yeah, Jack yeah. Sparrow. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, that, that name's kind of stuck. It's it, good. It, it has. Yeah. So Jeff Booth. Dude. Fucking legend. A lot of, I love World it. tour surfer. Hey, we jumped around quite a bit, but you know what? We got really. Gold. We got we a lot got of gold. gold. We yeah. went pretty ADD, didn't we? We did. We did ADD, yeah. but we, you know yeah. what? Jeff Booth. <laughs> All right. We drank a little bit. Wait. We got a lot of Wait. soldiers here. Yeah, Lin -lin. we got a lot of soldiers, but we got the disco ball. <laughs> All right, people, stay glassy. Don't pearl on the takeoff, okay? <laughs> That's important. <laughs> and have fun. Have fun while you're doing it. Wax, One more. Wax One more your time. board. One more time. Wax your board, have fun. Peace. Don't get your feelings hurt. Peace. Okay. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Dude, that was epic. <laughs> Fuck. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 